0: Hey everybody, welcome to Fighting Films, a podcast where us three friends pit two films against one another that are similar to us in some way. Maybe they have very similar plots, maybe they share directors and themes, maybe they're an adaptation of a famous novel, or maybe there's just some personal reason for one or all of us. Either way, the discussion's gonna be fun, so let's get those films fighting. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris, and with me is...
1: I'm Stefan, I'm the show creator, stat person, fun fact generator, and critical aggregate. And also,
2: hi, I'm Jess. I do all the social media stuff. So if you hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Patreon, on Instagram, on Gmail, um, I'm pretty much the one you're talking to. I'm the one who posts all the things and then they all get shared around. And so if you ever feel like, you know, talking to me, just shoot me a message. Uh, speaking of Patreon, you can find us on there. And we've got three lovely tiers right now. And for as little as $1 a month, you know, you can find more than that in your couch cushions. But for as little as $1 a month, you get early access into our shows. So we usually release our shows to the general public on Thursdays. But we try to get it in a little early for you guys, for those extra special patrons, Ahem, Karen and Brandt. We love you. Uh, we love and you then, so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next tier is five dollars per month. You know, if you if you like us a little more than throwing some couch change, you know, you get that early access. You also get um, behind the scenes content. So uh, at one point. You know, it was just, hey, how are you doing? Just us, you know, chatting before the show. Um, At one point, it was talking about, you know, what's going on in Minneapolis with uh, Dante Wright and um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So we do talk about a wide variety of things, and you get to hear that all ad-free. And you also get a patron shout-out. And if you like us a little more than that, you can go with our current top tier at $10 per month, which gives you the early access, the sneak peek into new content that the general public is not going to hear. Uh, You do get the patron shout out and you do get to choose one episode's theme choice. So you picked a theme. We pick the movies, you get an extra huge shout-out, and our undying thanks and love. And that's uh, Fighting Films Podcast on Patreon.
0: And sometimes you get mm-hmm. to hear Jess sing.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what, when we get to a Disney movie, I'm sure you'll hear me sing throughout the entire thing. Oh, but, my yeah.
1: Oh, oh, you won't be the only one
0: doing that. The, <laughs> upcoming, the upcoming all sung episode of Fighting Films.
2: <laughs> the musical episode that be yeah. included in every series of a show. We should do a puppet episode too, but no one gets to
0: see it, so it's just us reacting <laughs> to the puppets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ooh, maybe we could do ventriloquism. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> what you don't understand right now is Stefan's moving his mouth, but Chris's voice is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and Jess is recording through Dan in the other room. It's all very strange. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Stefan, <laughs> with that in mind, um, you know, did you abide by the five or ten second rule and, uh, and figure out what movies we're talking about this week? What are they?
1: We are talking about Waiting and The Slam and Salmon uh these we're continuing our comedy month uh these both involve a day or in slam Sand's case a night well a little more than a night but whatever in uh Basically a day on the job right yeah a day on the job at a restaurant for mainly the wait staff uh and they both actually uh take place in florida yes mm-hmm. oh.
2: yep i didn't even notice
1: yeah
0: Another interesting thing that I found that tied both of these movies together was how um, Shenanigans was the name of the restaurant in Waiting <laughs> mm-hmm. and in Super Troopers, the, the yes. made-up restaurant. You guys are talking about Shenanigans, right? You
1: know, that place with all the shit on the walls. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. So much shit on the walls.
1: <laughs> God. So- the f- uh, flare, I think, is what it's called. The flare, yes. <laughs> flare.
2: I thought the flare was the stuff they had, like, had to wear on their suspenders and shit in Office Space. Yep. That, that too. The yeah. Play. yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. And now, now, do do both of you know what restaurant uh, specifically Shenanigans was parodying?
2: Yes, but we're not going to say it because we don't want to get sued.
1: Oh. Uh. <laughs> what? Uh,
2: So, you know, we always
0: start by by saying how these movies are are alike, and I I just like to add an important note, and I won't read this verbatim from how I wrote it, but, you know, especially with Comedy Month, and especially in the late 90s, early 2000s to like 2015-ish, I'm looking at you, Hangover, too – comedies just seem to, like, push the envelope on wanting to be edgy. And I'm not talking about, you know, like, the, the Eddie Murphy, you know, type stuff from the 70s. This is, like, more of, like, n- nasty college kids being nasty and being mean. And, you know, um, it was a really, really bad trend. And I'm not saying that these movies inhabit that entire bad trend, but there's definitely stuff in them that you look back and you kind of go, ugh, this uh, is kind of mean-spirited and also... Not so right. Um, yeah. I think it was called a, a frat boy humor. Frat boy humor, yep. yes. And, and, you know, it resulted in tons of jokes targeting folks with mental health issues. That's a big one. Um, mm, yeah. But, but, you know, like, I'll take, like, a childish, you know, guy forgot to take his pills and thinks he's a different person joke. Because at least that's just giving – it's an improv thing, right? It's It's mm-hmm. giving, like – be, be, be a guy that forgot to take his pills and be as weird as possible. He didn't like walk out there and, you know, start acting like a specific parody of a mentally disabled person. He was just Zongo. The guy who likes vodka and doesn't wear pants. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, autism becomes a joke. We talked about that in, in loser, right? That, really really horrendous mm-hmm. um autism slash r-word joke down syndrome is another big one that it's just like we got to stop this um and you know lgbtq plus folks folks at different races various other things that we're never we just sh- shouldn't make jokes about
2: well specifically the r-word and the yes. main f-word in 2021 yeah. because fuck is mm-hmm. no longer that bad
0: correct correct right. um And so an important distinction that pops up in my head, and I wanted to know if you guys felt this way too, is that watching both of these movies and kind of going, okay, why, even though they make the same type of jokes, why does one of them feel less harsh to me, I guess? And this goes to all of Broken Lizard stuff, actually, to me, is the guys who made the Slam and Salmon. Is there's like an innocence to it. And I don't mean that like they should be given a pass for saying the things that they do, but it definitely seems just like a bunch of like kids in the schoolyard running around and being funny, less than they actually want to hurt someone. Mm -hmm. Whereas some of the stuff in waiting, you know, specifically when it comes out of Ryan Reynolds' mouth sometimes, because he's so good at being evil. You know, in, mm-hmm. like, that, like, cocky, like, frat boy, like, evil thing? Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, that's meant to hurt. That makes me feel kind of gross. And, uh... Well, it he, his character was gross. It,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, and we're gonna get to that.
0: And it doesn't, mm-hmm. really, it doesn't really tip me in one direction or another on, you know, why one's better. It just was a thought I was having, and I didn't know if you guys felt the same way.
2: Well, I think, um, you know, when you brought it up, I mean... Broken Lizard is a team of five guys who usually all have a hand in, you know, writing the script for their movies. Um, And so if they use the R word, it's not excessive. It's, you know, once, you know, it's it's not, you know, using it like as a nickname. Basically,
0: right. It's usually a right. character showing that they're a crappy person, um, yeah. particularly the twin brothers scene.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: The twin brothers played by one guy. Right. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> He makes me laugh so much. Paul Soder is great.
0: And so how else um, are, are these movies similar? You know, obviously they're about restaurants. That's a big one.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, uh, as I referenced, they both uh, take place in Florida, at least. So Uh, waiting, it may not explicitly say that it does, but the uh, the director and writer uh, based his experiences uh, on uh, for waiting on uh, working for, I think, six years in several chain restaurants in the Orlando area. Oh, cool. Mm hmm. I mean,
0: yep, it that's... definitely has that feel like yeah. Orlando yeah, is the king of chain restaurants.
2: Yeah. So I got clued into what the restaurant was, and I'm not going to say it, um, but also I've never been there. Um, uh, Stefan was saying he doesn't think that there has been any in Minnesota, which oh. uh, we, yeah, we discussed our locations last week with Amanda. Um, where, you know, Stefan and I are in Minnesota and Chris is way over in Massachusetts. Um, but we're still good friends. And, um, so I, I was talking to Stefan and I said, it, it, uh, rhymes with Michael Finnegan.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, um, there aren't many of them left. They filed for chapter 11, in uh 2008 and speaking of amanda from last week there was a really good article on crack.com where they uh talked about how remember how amanda touched on how like a lot of shitty establishments when they close they won't even contact their employees they'll just place a note on the door yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Cool.
1: there was a whole article in crack.com about like uh like like i think the, like, it, like it was uh uh like the 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 reality of working at a failing uh, chain restaurant, and this restaurant was one of them, along with a uh, former chain of Mexican restaurants. Uh, they still make salsa. You can probably deduce which one I'm talking yep. about. I, yeah,
0: I really loved their their cornbread. Mm-hmm. Their fr- uh, fried yeah. ice
1: cream was yeah. great. I oh, mean, you God. get fried ice cream other places, but like... yeah. I first saw waiting. Uh, when it came out on video, I guess it would have been, or DVD, I should say, about in 2006, with uh, my friend Bob, who I'm so glad I saw it with him. I'd actually talked to him the other day when I told him we were doing this. And funny enough, he immediately asked, when I said we were doing Waiting, have you seen Slam and Salmon? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yes. yeah. And he, he, has worked in the restaurant uh, business industry for a long time and he thought this movie was pretty dead accurate as have most people that i've uh spoken to that have seen this and have worked in restaurants minus of course the food contamination as far as we know of so Um, gross yeah, so I, I, know. I hear.
0: I hear very different stories from people mm-hmm. that I know that worked at food establishments that said that they got that pretty
1: accurate too.
3: So. I,
1: I, have a as a huge horror fan, I have a pretty high tolerance for you know gore, but that scene, oh, yeah. that scene just makes me gag. Everything about it. Yep. It just it yeah. It's like nothing else. So. We meet our two main characters uh Monty and Dean their roommates uh have been best friends for a long time and uh Dean we pretty quickly learn is uh he kind of I guess peaked in high school you could say at least at this point in his life uh and you know he's now In his fourth year at a community college, which, you know, I mean, I put him here, Dean is unmotivated, quote unquote. I mean, you know, go at your own pace. I know some people who took four years at a community college. That's what that's what Kyle did. You can cut this out if you want. Um, Nothing wrong.
2: My partner took 10 years for college. I think it's an important
0: distinction. It's it's all it's all how you get there. It's got nothing to do with, you know, doing it the same as somebody else. Yep. And,
1: uh, yeah, and then we meet Monty. Uh, so he arrives at Shenanigans and we pretty quickly learn he is this guy's a creep. (laughs) He, uh, the way he talks to the hostess and he, he revels in the fact that she is, uh, still underage and, you know, wants to, you know, doesn't want to wait 10 days when she turns 18. I mean, at that point, it's like, you know, I don't know how long she's worked there, but it's like, you've waited that long. It's like, just, oh, God, I just, I, I well, didn't, uh,
2: didn't like that. A common joke throughout the movie is that he likes to get with high school girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. it's so gross and so disgusting.
0: It uh, totally is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I I used to like Ryan Reynolds. I did. And... I like Deadpool to a point and yep. I I like some of his movies but this movie is just like the first time I saw it I didn't laugh I watched it again for the podcast the only time I laughed was at the end and you know we can check off this for later
3: but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I <laughs> this, love it this was not a movie for me
1: <laughs> Fair that's totally fair yeah, uh, Absolutely
0: and the, the Ryan Reynolds thing you know, that you both bring it up. Um it it to me is a testament to like learning later how good of an actor he actually was that, you know, I think of Ryan Reynolds as not being this guy. You know what I mean in real life? Mm-hmm. But he's way too good at being this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um like his his like teaching of the kid you know, it's so funny. He's like they—they they do this disgusting game where they show each other their dick and balls. And he goes, hey, he goes, mm-hmm. I know it's it's just it's terrible and archaic. So here's the rules. You know what I mean? Right. It's, just like, it, it's just a really good like acting job and how he does that.
1: But he, he he's kind of he, he's kind of um he's all, he's almost like a two thousands version of Zach Morris
0: exactly. And Ew. but. I can't watch this movie without thinking of the better version of this character that Ryan Reynolds played in a drama which was the character he played in Adventureland where he's the guy trying to get with the young girl and has a whole bunch of times but is married mm-hmm. and like the movie completely calls him out on it and it's like and he plays it so sad and like just beaten down and it's like this wow but mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, so, sorry for the tangent there. It just it oh. always pleased me that he went from this to that, you know? No, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, it did show how good of an actor he is because, you know, the uh, that year, earlier that year, was uh, the Amityville Horror. Yep. You know, playing a totally yeah. different character. Yeah, I, that, that's probably one of my favorite roles of his, actually. It's one of the best horror
0: remakes of that
1: oh, era. Oh, yeah, it's it's very good. So we meet... Uh, my prime my favorite stereotype of this movie. I love these stereotypes. Uh the uh, we meet Mitch, the trainee. <laughs> yep. And he just is like getting, you know, basically tossed around the whole day among everyone. It's like do you wanna you wanna take him, Sean? This is okay. So Mitch, how are you how do you like it so far? Well actually I hey one sec. How are you doing? <laughs> just can't get a word in edgewise.
2: I mean, that's that's basically what it feels like as a trainee anyway. Just oh, yeah. To, you know, yes. shut up and learn.
0: Yeah. But we're not going to actually teach you anything useful. That's I-, I loved how real that was where it's like, I could just go through all this bullshit with you, but instead I'm going to spend the whole day teaching you about this stupid game. Right.
1: And the, the whole game, it's like, wow, you know, casual sexual harassment. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, ugh and
2: uh what? Oh, what sorry go ahead
1: oh i was gonna say so then uh we meet the other uh characters in the the that are the staff uh including this movie's a great cast uh serena played by anna Ferris, and then there's uh amy played by uh, uh 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 caitlin doubleday i don't know what else she's in and
2: she looked super familiar. She
1: did. She, she did, yeah.
2: Um,
1: well, yeah. Oh, Accepted <laughs> Empire, a, yeah. yeah.
2: A, okay. She was in Catch Me If You Can. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, I remember
1: her character now, yeah.
2: She was on Nashville. She was on The Witches of East End for a minute. She was on Hung for a little bit. She did an episode of CSI. She did an episode of Criminal Minds, Bones. CSI Miami. She was on Caveman, Cavemen for a while. I don't know mm. what that was. Oh, was uh, that
0: the show they made out of like the Geico Caveman?
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Oh,
2: it might have been. I, yeah. I
1: remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So she's, you know, she's had a little bit going on.
1: Yeah. And uh, we meet my favorite character, and I would say my MVP of the movie, um, Alana Ubeck, who plays. Uh, I want. I just want to call her Nomi because we had showgirls, but it's Naomi. (laughs) Uh,
0: She shops at Versace.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) shenanigans has stepped down from Versace. That's for sure.
0: There's no Versace in shenanigans. That's what. (laughs) Uh,
1: She is my MVP of the movie. Yeah, I just I think her rage is just so satisfying. It's great.
2: um, I, I have to say I related to her a bit. I related to each of them a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but her probably most of all, like, uh, when she was standing outside the office door, when, um, Dean was getting, you know, the, uh, promotion for assistant manager, even mm-hmm. though she'd been there longer. She's like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? like i I worked at a store for about four and a half years and put pretty much my everything into it and continually got passed up for um guys who would buddy buddy up to the yep. manager mm-hmm. and uh it and what's even funnier is it's guys that I didn't particularly get along with because they weren't. That grade of workers, even though, you know, management would have me train people and, you know, do inventory and, you know, basically do managerial stuff, but not actually, you know, bring me up to a supervisor or anything. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I probably um, probably identified with her the best. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, I almost laughed when she's like having a fit in the back and then she steps out onto the floor <laughs> with the customers and she's got a big old smile. It is, and, like, how are you doing?
0: Yeah. It's the single yeah. best piece of editing and like just it's just such a great scene.
2: Yeah, Oh, oh yeah. Thousand percent that. Mm-hmm. And like I I didn't work. I worked food service for all of three days, but I worked a lot of retail and that is 1000% of this place that I put my all into, you know,
1: yeah and uh, i'll say i i've never worked well i worked at a subway one summer so not like sit down but you know close enough i guess yeah the worst job i ever had uh i did work a grocery at a grocery store for over a year in high school and it was more similar to this i feel like like the interactions and everything um but yeah so uh, the, the scene i love with naomi is where uh she was talking to Bishop.
2: Oh the yeah, coach, McBride. I love Bishop.
1: Yeah, and she's like, you know, you ever want to talk about your feelings, I can do it. How about you just get back to shit, shut the fuck up! Fucking psycho
2: battle bullshit!
0: Bishop oh is God. such a genius character. Yeah.
2: yeah. He is. My favorite meltdown of hers was when the manager had the tickets, and he was like, oh, where's this? What's this? Da-da-da-da-da. And she's standing there, and she's waiting and trying to let him do his thing and get it done. And she's just like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, just move! Just let me do
3: it!
0: <laughs> this this movie, I feel like even if you don't find it funny, because... I definitely know a lot of people that, like you just like don't find it particularly funny. There's a lot of catharsis in it for people that have done this work. Where, like you're just like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I've always wanted to just go like rage on my
1: boss like, mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, never had that opportunity, unfortunately. The one time I could have and almost did I did, I was more so in shock. So I didn't do it. Missed that opportunity.
2: Um, Um, I I did rage on my boss. I actually, I lied. I worked at a uh, week long fair that we have here in Minnesota. And the coworker that I was in this trailer with, we were making corn dogs and a friend of mine was my boss. And my coworker was this old broad Like, I don't use this term very often, but she was a broad (laughs) and she would turn and she would whisper something into his ear and then he would say something to me. And I got got so sick of it. And like I was wearing the stupid hat and the stupid shirt. And finally, I got so sick of it. I was like, if you got something to say, say it to me. And we got into this huge argument, full line, people waiting for corn dogs, And I got sick of it. I stripped off my hat and my shirt and threw it at him and walked out the door. Hell yeah. I walked out in my sports bra and jeans.
1: Nice.
2: It felt so good.
1: That's just so immature and petty.
2: Oh, yeah. Ever. Yeah. I'm like, just fucking say it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I put in my notes and I mentioned this when I was talking with Bob the other day how the the two the two cast members that make this movie feel so mid 2000s are Andy Milanakis and Dane Cook. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Like you you know a movie is from the mid 2000s when it has both of them. I always forget Dane Cook is in this movie.
0: Oh, I always like when I saw the trailers wow. for this originally, I went, "Oh, so Ryan Reynolds is the cook?" Because <laughs> I, it's it, it, like <laughs> Dane Cook, they showed him so quick in the trailer. And I was like, oh, but yeah, d- d- oh, poor, poor guy that I used to think was really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. And, and then he's a total trash, trash human being. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. Um, I, I never liked Andy Milanakis. You just, ugh.
0: Yeah, me neither. But, you, but then, you? oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: But then with Dane Cook and him, like, Doing an imitation of a slave being whipped. Yep. I'm like, oh. Yep. How did, how does yeah. it? That... It's funny.
0: Did you hear what Dane Cook did? I don't know if you guys heard it out your part of the country, but we so he's. Do from I want here. to? Well, he grew up around here, right? Um, at Cambridge, right? And so he's, yeah. you know, like, and so like all the colleges would always have Dane Cook, you know. And I gotta say, at his prime, his stand-up. It reminded me of Robin Williams. He had a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and he yeah. had tangents going everywhere. Mm-hmm. He, he was he was a very good stand up comedian, mm-hmm. despite despite the humor. Um, but they did that uh, a, a, a one fund um, for the Boston Strong thing concert where they had mm-hmm. you know a bunch of people donate their time, and he refused to go on stage unless they paid him. So bye bye Dane Cook. Oh. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> oh, that's shitty. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Yep. Now. Jess, you've seen this movie, right? Chris, have you ever seen um, Mr. Brooks? Yes, he's yeah. fantastic in that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really really like that movie. It's it's cr- criminally underrated film. Um, shame that they never made the trilogy that they wanted to, but that's yeah, another story. Me off. Mm, yeah, I can kind of see that. that. Yeah.
2: I'm like, yeah. really? You're going to follow around this guy who's murdering people and want to be a part of it and then you're going to piss your pants and leave evidence all over the floor. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? Sometimes you just gotta go.
0: Yeah. No, sure. he was scared. I know.
2: <laughs> and I mean, it, it was a decent movie. And I yeah. was really
0: hoping that was going to be the turnaround point for, for Dane Cook. That was before he showed how much of a trash human being he was.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, And speaking of trash human beings, we also see uh, Monty is not only you know targeting underage girls, but also lesbians. Oh. Uh, When we meet uh, Tyler, not Tyler. Thank you, Jess, for correcting this for me. (laughs) Uh, Tyler, the bartender. Played by the gorgeous Emmanuel Shariki, who is my that person of this movie. Okay. Most people will remember her from Entourage. Yep. Her most famous role. I most remember her from the original Wrong Turn. Hell yeah. Uh, Yep, one of my... Did you ever see that, Chris? No, I need to
0: still. You did? Okay. I I love that you love these movies so much, and I can't wait to see them.
1: I'm worried it's going to be a letdown for you. Definitely. But I... I,
0: I'm an easy sell on movies like that.
1: When Kyle and I saw it that Halloween in high school at the sleepover that I had, and then, like, the, the, the next week at school... I was talking about that movie to some classmates and we're like, Oh God, we saw that too. It was so stupid. Aww. So Aww. it's kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't love it or you hate it, but whatever. Yep. She's in that too. I also remember her from one of my most favorite episodes of, are you afraid of the dark? Woo-hoo! And one of the scariest ones, the tale of the night shift. Yes. Uh, Jess, you remember the, the vampire running around the hospital?
2: Oh, no. Oh, uh, no not specifically but it is on paramount plus and i plan to do yeah. it God,
0: yeah it's, oh, it's great so it's
1: much this and this vampire can like take everyone's appearance it's it's so so good i first watched it when i was i think in third grade it was either this or dead man's float but any which is a very famous episode yeah it's um it was my first time being home alone at night <laughs> which I don't know you you tipped me on to Jess with um, the legality of like what is it like if you're under 10 you can't be home alone for more than like 3 hours at a time or something like that
2: I think it's 9 in Minnesota oh,
1: okay well I was under 9 so that was a question legality <laughs> well
2: it was also i was guessing a, the 80s or 90s it was the 90s, the 90s. So how old do you now, think I am <laughs> like 3 years younger than me okay
1: no yeah it was uh yeah i mean it was the 90s and my parents were away at like a basketball game that my sister had so i got to stay home alone and i watched that episode it, it, it was pr- when it premiered on snick and yep. i'm just like why the fuck did i just watch this <laughs> I was in my mom's room and it was like it was it was in the winter, so it got dark early. I'm just like, oh my god, this, why if why did I, I do hear, that to myself? If I
0: hear the theme to that show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It could be bright daylight in the middle of the day. I my hair stands on end. Oh, it's unsettling. Like, I mean...
2: <laughs> and the yeah, new me season, and uh...
0: I finished the new sh- the new run too, and it was great. It was. Ooh.
2: yeah. I uh, I have a close friend who. Um, we we won't watch it without each other. So we yeah. got through the first season, um, and we we got through Pinball Wizard, which was one of my favorites. Oh, it's mm-hmm. one of the best. Yep. Yes,
1: that one had a really a really dark ending. Yeah. Some of them, I, I love I love the ones that had dark endings, and some of them were dark. My God, my God. But,
2: but she and I only get together about once a month, so it's mm-hmm. it's very slow going. Oh man, wait. The the uh oh,
0: the, the the new miniseries that they've done out of that is just it's so good and yes. it is it, It's made with such love for the original show, but it's its own thing too. And mm-hmm. I just really... they have uh, references to Sardo, or he's he's in the and Shandu, and I'm like, oh yeah, woohoo! Yeah. They need the Doctor Vink with a vuh, vuh vuh yeah. <laughs>
1: So that, uh, yeah, the actor that played Doctor Vanka died. Unfortunately, I know. We just we yeah. just need
0: someone to show up and say that, They're like here, here recording on the TV or something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. they'll make it work. Yeah, and so uh, the, that's mainly the the big cast, and then it's also rounded off with uh, Luis Guzman uh, playing playing Radimus, uh one of the cooks in the kitchen, and he, you know. He's in so much stuff. He plays similar characters in most movies. Uh, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of comedy. Oh, gross.
2: Yeah, he's, he's gross. A, oh, yeah he,
1: he is. Uh, that, that...
2: He, he's, him, Dane Cook, and Ryan Reynolds are probably the worst offenders. Yeah.
0: Their characters are so gross. Yeah, I know.
1: I know.
2: Like, like, as much as I don't like Andy Milanakis, he played his character just fine. Mm -hmm. but these three characters just absolutely disgusting
1: yeah yeah
0: they they played them too well
1: yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah i mean probably like a lot of people you would see working at a restaurant yeah and so the movie is just set on a typical night at shenanigans and this movie does a great job at the uh so, like, as, as just said before, the main kind of, I guess, conflict, if you want to call it, is Dean uh, has been offered by his manager, Dan, uh, an assistant manager position at the restaurant, and he doesn't know if he wants to take it or not. And so it just kind of follows the, the trials and tribulations of everyone that night. And this movie just it does great with the stereotypes of waiting tables and this is you know like i said people that have waited tables before or worked in a restaurant they tell me it's very accurate you know you got the the total uh the karen before karen was a term oh god uh, she, oh she's god. awful no
2: she was not a karen she was a cunt <laughs> <laughs> she transcends
0: karen yeah
2: she is like the collective karen
1: she... she's
0: the ro- the royal karen
1: I love if you look at like her, her, her colleague or friend or whoever when is at the table when she starts being really mean. She just kind of has like a look of embarrassment on her face, which I just I love. It's like yeah, I'd be embarrassed if anyone around me started acting that way to service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole um, uh, I love how they touched on you know uh, a lot of times in the U.S. people don't want to wait on uh, foreigners. Because they don't think they're going to tip right, and I literally wrote here in capital letters: "Then pay servers a fair livable wage." Yep.
2: Yes, yeah. but also a lot of other countries don't do tipping.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. No. No. Exactly, and, that, and that's Not a why. Thing. Yeah. Like that, and that's why people yeah like a lot of servers don't want to wait on foreigners because they don't think they're going to get tipped because they they a lot of times don't know oh no in the u.s you tip you know 15 18 at least like like when i when i was in europe um i was told anything above two dollars is considered presumptuous like you do yeah. one dollar yeah you
0: actually get offended by it
1: yeah yeah you you do not tip that much uh
2: Actually it's it's funny. Um it's it's kind of weird. Like the things like foreign people will tip for. Um, like I've been tipped for karaoke. Yep. Just I've seen for that. singing my song well. Mm-hmm. And a guy walked up to me and gave me five bucks. I'm like, thanks. You know, I, I didn't know this was a thing, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs>
1: that's great yeah Yeah, i mean it's you're providing them with joy
2: right i I talked to a guy
0: in england because i said you know this whole time people have been telling me not to tip well and i just want like and he was really nice and i just goes i want to make sure you're taken care of he goes no he goes dude because i i have a master's degree in so and so and i make more money here than i do in my my day job and i was like all right sweet (laughs) like (laughs) i'm glad you're taken care of that's awesome
1: yep (laughs) (laughs) I loved I love the the uh, the team meeting scene by by, by the dumpster. It's such a great juxtaposition. <laughs> I love that part and just oh uh, he, yeah the, the the Dan Dan tries he tries his best. He
0: definitely tries. Yeah. I loved I loved how they showed everyone coming to work and like showed like how they arrived and like what it just mm-hmm. it was it, it felt so terribly authentic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the one stereotype that they did not do, which I've heard of this from everyone who's worked at a restaurant before, is they didn't have a church group. Oh, everyone I know who has ever waited tables, they say church groups are the literal worst. They're so rude and they don't tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've,
2: I've, heard- I've actually seen um like little like pamphlets that when you fold it up, it looks like money. And then you open it and it's like, Jesus loves you.
0: Yep. yep. Oh, Oh my God. Yep.
3: The worst.
0: And a lot of oh, yeah. that comes from too, with, with church groups that they're usually like out of like a, like a petty cash that they're allowed to take like the group out. So it's like the, the you know, the church is a nonprofit thing. So they can't, you know, it's like a stipend amount. it's like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? No. Yeah. Like, let, let the guy tip.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Jesus would fight for a, a little wage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and And um, yeah, I, I just think this movie is a great cast overall. Uh, say what you want about it. Uh, the the one subplot I didn't like and the character that I thought was unnecessary was uh, uh, Calvin. Yeah, the whole like I can't pee and I'm nervous around women. I don't know why, Jess, but he reminded me of the guy from Superstore. Jonah? I guess.
2: Um mm, Jonah has a little more confidence. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't want to offend anybody and whatnot, but he's also got the confidence to, you know, go in for a kiss when the feeling's right. Sure. Um, I really like that they had Calvin, um, as a complete thousand percent opposite from, uh, Monty, you know, (laughs) and I actually, um, he's literally one of the only things, characters I liked in this movie. Um, because there are those guys that, you know, will try to date you and then you know don't go in for the handhold don't go in for the kiss you know and they can't read the body language or anything um or like they'll sit there and they will ask oh how are you doing what's up you know is everything okay oh my word they got that right like yep the smack mm-hmm. out. That those girls laid on him. No girl wants to hear that. You know, you take a girl's double, you know, she should be thankful to you, for one. That girl was a bitch. Don't go out with her. But you don't need to call her all day while you're working either. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, like, you are her doormat. Um
0: That, Calvin gave me PTSD because... 16 year old me was Calvin, not the P thing. Cause that I, I think I do agree with you, Stephen. I think it didn't need that extra subplot bit. I think Calvin's bit of just being a very authentic mm-hmm. doormat, you yeah. know, was, was good enough. Cause I was totally that guy at every job I ever had.
1: <laughs> now, did did I, I assume you didn't jest? But Chris, did you watch us uh, still waiting? No, I know I, I yeah. Did. Uh, his character does a real one eighty in that movie.
2: Oh, all right. Um, right. I'm,
1: I'm just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, right.
2: um, but with uh, with Kelvin, yeah, um, like I can understand a teenager being like that. This guy's in his twenties. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, like. Fucking watch Happy Days, and learn from that. Even like, (laughs) literally, you can watch just about anything and take some cues from it. Mm -hmm. Like this is not okay. And as I said, you know when those girls like straight up got in his face, like that's shit he needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a thousand percent. Don't do. Any of that? Don't be a Calvin.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, they they originally wrote Calvin as two separate characters, but they decided to like combine them at the last minute.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: Although I did like Bishop's uh, advice for him yes. at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I I I enjoyed that. You know, I I thought that was fun and cool, and you know. You Sometimes, you know, you get a hitch and you're giddy up and, you know, something sets you off and it could be something as small that happened to him or it could be some huge thing that caused some sort of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even know. You don't know what's going to set somebody sideways. But, yep. you know, it, it was really awesome for Bishop to be like, hey, how about we turn this thing around and say, everybody's looking at you and everybody's cheering for you. Like, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: go That's take good. a piss, man. Woohoo!
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So as the day goes on, we get into more, uh, stereotype. The one that I love, the, the, uh, the crappy, the crappy tipper, oh. which I love how they made an appearance at the very end of the movie. Yeah,
2: I, that, that was actually the only time I laughed.
1: Was when really he shows up at the wrong house.
2: Yep, was when mm. he shows up at the wrong house at this asshole, you know, cowboy's house in his underwear. <laughs> and he just, he's standing there in a shenanigans t-shirt. <laughs> like, you only wear your works, like, brand if you're at work. <laughs> right of thumb people you go Um, home and
1: change if you're
2: yeah doing it first yeah he's just like carrying this four pack of like wine spritz he
1: he's lucky he's lucky that he didn't get knocked out
0: seriously really lucky did you come here with my gift card
1: right yeah (laughs) i uh one of my favorite uh poor tipping stories was one time years ago on the radio in the morning they were having people when i lived in duluth they were having people call in and to like describe really you know crazy tipping stories where either you tipped a lot or nothing and this woman called in and said she was at some like diner on some street corner in a big city somewhere and they were sitting at like the bar stool and the person next to her left left and, like, put a 50-cent tip down for, like, you know, a $12 meal or whatever. Uh, And the person across from her uh, picked up the the change or picked up the tip, followed the person outside, and shouted at them as they walked away, Hey, you forgot your change, and just chucked it in their direction. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you go. You go. Uh... And I love how Dan, how he uh, has the, um, <laughs> he has that person's car towed. Yep. Which, Jess, I thought of you the other day when you went up to Duluth and you went to Ico. Be very careful in yeah. that parking lot. Yes, uh, I, I have heard stories of, yeah, if you leave for as little as like like a half hour, your car will be towed. Damn. Yeah, uh, especially there.
2: Okay, um, ICO is literally the only thing, like that is my point of reference in Duluth. Um, that's the only like place I actually know. <laughs> um when when I pulled in there, there were uh some police officers parked across the uh the parking lot. And I parked in the handicapped spot, and I hung my placard, and I made sure everything was kosher. I was in the lines um yes, listeners, I am disabled, I have chronic illnesses, not every illness is visible, so yes um i I represent woohoo um oh, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Basically, I had a horrible day and I jumped in my car and basically drove the two hours and 15 minutes up to Duluth to uh, the, uh, basically the beach where we um, let my mom's ashes go. And uh, I, I had to go potty so bad that I stopped at this Ico and literally begged the person working because as soon as I walked in, there was a sign saying, Bathrooms closed due to COVID. No public use. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, and, like, literally, this is the only thing I know in Duluth. And so, like, I I I motor-mouthed as much as I could. I'm like, I'm vaccinated. I drove here. I really need to pee. I won't make a mess. I will clean up if there's a mess in there. Like, I need to go, please. (laughs) (laughs) So... Like again, that that was my point of reference. You know, I went in there. I, you know, bought an energy drink. I chatted with the person behind the counter. I went to DQ, got, you know, dinner, and came out. And my car was fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if you park and then you you don't, yeah, use any of the businesses, of course. But yeah, well, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of which the uh that bathroom should be opening up pretty soon for use in Minnesota, you heard. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm I am apprehensive. I think it's a little
1: too soon. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so two things that really date this movie, I got to say, other than the humor, uh they had three Payphones in this place. <laughs> yep. three. The last time I saw a payphone anywhere was in the Hennepin County Government Center, and that was two years ago. So who knows if it's even still there? Wow. And also, uh,
0: smoking in a restaurant. So much smoking. So restaurant. much.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not looking forward. Uh, we're. We're looking at traveling in October, and I don't know, like, if everywhere has the restaurant smoking ban that Minnesota does. And uh, so I'm, I'm nervous.
0: We've, we've had that for a very long time. Okay. Here. Good. Good. A very long time. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Minnesota was, like, I want to say 2006.
0: It's... I don't remember... Smoking in restaurants in the 2000s. Wow. Yeah.
1: Good to hear. Yeah. Good to I'm hear. Pretty sure. Uh, probably the, the, the scene that uh, servers that I know of, they always cringe at is the, uh, the birthday scene. Ooh. Where they have to sing happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone I know who's ever seen this movie, they're like, yeah, the singing happy birthday is like the least favorite part of a, a job, you know, like when you serve. And I can relate to that. So I never am one to be like, oh, you know, sing, you know, come over and sing. I'm like, no, I, I tell my friends if we go out and they sing happy birthday, um, I'm, I'm getting up and leaving. I'm like, no.
2: Yeah. So at this store. I worked at for, you know, almost 5 years. Um they went through a remodel while I was working there and uh you know, we had just usually done the, you know, regular happy birthday to you mm. whatever and uh they they sent us a seed, they sent us lyrics with no tune to a birthday song we were supposed to sing and a guy there had his boyfriend Write a tune, and it was like it was like something you would hear on a harp, um it yeah, it was like a something like that, and it just it was so horrible that we just wound up doing the happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, bullshit, and it's like. Anything is better than that. Yeah. Right. That, that CD mysteriously disappeared under mysterious <laughs> circumstances that I had nothing to do with.
1: It's okay. We understand.
2: What? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love this scene. This scene, I, I, I love... I, i I love everyone's facial expression, especially oh, naomi god. she just like she just is like oh my god i'm I don't wanna be here, I'm just so over this and and yeah i uh, is i
2: blinking in the picture
1: huh
2: Kelvin is blinking in the picture
1: <laughs> I didn't notice that part, but
2: yeah, it doesn't surprise me
1: if someone else would be blinking um yeah, and so uh the night is winding down to a close, and then uh someone arrives, what is it, three minutes before close, which, oh my god, do not seat someone three minutes before you close. You have to. You have to? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would be like, I would be like, well, you know, where we can make you something to go, nope. is what I would have said, but that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, and... A lot, a lot of places have the, you know, full
0: menu available to a half hour before closing, just to... Mm-hmm. Just to get well, yeah, you can sit, but all we really got is you know buffalo tenders and beer. So right, <laughs>
1: right, and uh, and uh, as I like to you know just add an extra code in with how big of an asshole this guy is. We meet uh, Chet, who is oh. Dean's former high school classmate, and he is just the worst. He's I know I said Monty was the worst, but Chet is the worst in a different kind of way.
2: You know, I I really don't think he is. I didn't see
1: him. That's the worst. Well, he he didn't know he was being that way. That's exactly it. Yeah, Chet Chet is
0: oblivious to the fact that he's saying the exact things. Well, the exact things, unfortunately, that that he needs to hear. You know, yeah, like it's it's kind of interesting that Chet's douchiness is ambivalent douchiness. it, the the tip thing. Oh, God, I thought you could have used it more than me. I shake <laughs> when I hear that. Oh, Honestly, no.
2: you know, the whole, literally, the whole movie, the beginning is Dean getting this, you know, news from his mom that, you know, his high school friend that they had all the same, like, AP high school classes, like, is just graduated from college with an enge- engineering degree, and you know, and so Dean is lamenting through the entire movie, you know, what am I doing here with my life? And, you know, he's offered an assistant manager position. So that's on his plate, too. And, you know, Justin Long did a really fantastic job with this role. You yes, know, he And did. I, mm-hmm. I love Justin Long. I don't think I've ever seen him do a bad job. Um, But he, you know, he's... Going through this entire thing, and like people are saying things to him, this and that, and another thing, you know, quit being a whiny bitch, you know, you're stuck in, you know, you're stuck here, you know, you go to community college, da da da. And I thought it was a really great bookend to, mm. you know, have Chet come in at the end and be like, hey, like. You could be here now, too. Like, you're making these choices. And, you know, if you're here, there must be some reason that you're here. So here's, you know, extra money. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know your situation, but I know that we had the same opportunities. So, like, I don't know why you're still here, but, you know... I can afford this, so here you go. I want to help you out.
1: I mean, everyone goes at different paces in life.
2: Yep, and I understand that. Yeah. I just, with this movie, I personally felt it was a good bookend.
1: I mean, yeah, it was, because it, uh, it provided, yeah, segue into um, to Dean's decision.
2: Yeah, it gave him a kick in the pants.
1: Yep, and... This this is one of my favorite scenes where Dean uh, meets with Dan and instead of taking the position as assistant manager, he quits. And then Dan, wanting to have the upper hand, fires him. <laughs> <So> <laughs> You're fired. <perfect>. You're fired. <laughs> Just gets a final word. And I was like, thank you for being so much sure about this. And in that situation, you should like take me. Be- like, let me tell you. Take being fired, because then you can get unemployment. Yep. Just saying. Uh, One of my favorite lines ever on The Nanny, it was actually the pilot episode, where Fran gets fired from her job at the the bridal shop, and she does the whole, you can't fire me, I quit. She walks out, walks back inside, no wait, you can fire me, because that way you can get unemployment. (laughs) It's like, yep. Know, know, your, know your resources and know where your, your tax dollars at work. Use them. Uh, so then we head to the party that's happening. And these, you know, they show, yeah, them all partying together. I mean, I know, Chris, you talk about how you did that with, uh, you know, your, when you worked at Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. At my grocery store, we never did much of that. I mean, occasionally a couple of us would go to a movie, but it was really rare really rare
0: it's interesting i don't know if it's the the intimacy of the type of like thing a restaurant or a small store is or if it's just you know person to person right maybe because i hear some people i always ask on on talkbuster and some people go yeah no we never saw each other outside of work and i'm like really that was my favorite part Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah i just um just the differences between, say, a blockbuster and a grocery store is, you know, a grocery store has, like, all the different departments. True. People of different ages and mm-hmm. all of this stuff, whereas, you know, at this restaurant, you know, most people are around the same age-ish except Luis, uh, Luis Guzman and Bishop,
0: Bishop. really. Uh, oh. Bishop a giant cognac glass that he's just walking around the party (laughs) with.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, it's such a small place and they all must interact with each other so much during the Mm -hmm. day that there's no way not to see all these people.
1: I mean, yeah, that's legit. That's very legit. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get to... We finally hear a word or two from a Mitch who has been, you know, hasn't been able to get a word in edgewise all day. Which, which,
2: which, 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 by the way, is my that person and MVP of the movie. Yes. Good choice. So Mitch is played by John Francis Daly. And I first saw him in. Freaks and geeks. And Mm he, you know, once you make that realization, he looks the same. Just bigger. Um, Yeah. (laughs) um, I really haven't seen him since then, but it looks like he did a stint on Bones. Uh, He was in The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. He was in Horrible Bosses. Um, He was in The Call. He was on Kitchen Confidential. Um, he was on regular Joe, which I have no idea what that is. Um, he was on Boston public for a while. And just before that freaks and geeks. So, um, honestly, uh, I think he did really great in this movie and, uh, his speech at the end makes him my MVP. It is legit.
1: Mm hmm. I didn't like the, the, the smartest person with Down syndrome.
2: Right, joke well, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that's a lot just of this things.
0: Movie in general. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. In this movie that we're mm-hmm.
1: okay.
0: My that person was David Kochner, mm-hmm. um, who has uh, 194 acting credits in his god every, every Will Ferrell comedy, and it just <laughs> he always makes me laugh. He always plays a role like this, and he always yes, makes me laugh. yeah. Um. And my m v p even though you know it 's not to condone the type of person he 's playing, is Ryan Reynolds in this just because he just he 's so iggy and it 's so gross and i I feel like he nailed being that guy um, yeah. Stefan, what did the critics think about this guy this one
1: yeah, so as per Rotten Tomatoes, it has a critical score of thirty percent and an audience score of seventy five percent so a pretty a pretty big discrepancy, and it just shows you how uh, this film could be considered a minor uh, cult film.
2: I, I think you have to have a certain um, sense of humor to enjoy it.
1: Yes. As, as, as most, which is pretty common with cult films like Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're definitely not for everybody. New. No.
2: So,
0: Jess, you have braved the fracas in Caracas and the dispute in Beirut <laughs> to bring us the Slam and Salmon. Let's hear I it. I
2: have. So, this is actually one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm a huge fan of Broken Lizard. Uh, Broken Lizard is made up of Eric Stolhansky, Paul Soder, Steve Lemmy, Kevin Heffernan, who was our director of this movie, and. Um, there is an Indian guy as part of the group. I believe he's Indian. Um, and he has a very long last name with lots of letters. So I'm going to do my best to pronounce it. Uh his name is Jay Chandra-Sakar. Chandrasakar. That's that's the
0: best that, pronunciation of yeah. it I've ever heard. So <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, I, I love them so much. This is my favorite broken lizard movie and it's a shame. Not that many people have seen it. Um,
1: I had never heard of it until Jess pointed out to me.
2: I just think it is so absolutely hilarious. Um, I actually got to meet four out of the five broken lizard guys. Uh, Jay's Jay was off doing something else. Um, but through two different meet and greets, I got four out of the five of them to sign my Slam and Salmon um, DVD uh, insert. So it was it was pretty cool. It was very cool meeting them, and I am going to slap some of the pictures from those up on our Instagram, yes. uh, Fighting Films Pod. so this was made in 2009 it is rated r it comes in at exactly an hour and a half it's a comedy um it stars you know michael clark duncan and you know the broken lizard guys and the little like blurb of it says uh the owner of a miami restaurant indebted to the mob institutes a contest to see what waiter can earn the most money in one night So that's as basic of a plot setup that you can get. Um, So, as I said, this movie stars Michael Clark Duncan. Rest in in peace, rest in power. He's Mm -hmm. one of the most amazing actors out there. And um, he plays Cleon Salmon, who's not the brightest bulb in the world. And, um, (laughs) what
1: to say the least,
2: yeah, and he sometimes uh mispronounces words and does not like to be corrected. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, in a nutshell, a little bit more than uh IMDb, um, Cleon Salmon comes in and Basically, he was in Japan hunting Japanese albinos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry for laughing. It's just it doesn't get any less ridiculous every time I hear it.
2: No, and uh, apparently the first one ran by him so quick and snuck up on him. He almost depacketated him. (laughs) 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 Depacketated. So anyway. Cleon Salmon needs to pay back the Yakuza um, $20,000.
0: He just says I owe them 20000
2: yeah. That's
1: what makes the joke so yep. much funnier. And, and that <laughs> comes through in the end. Check off on that.
2: <laughs> yep, we'll check off that for later. Um, so, I mean, I've got a lot of notes on this. And I, I don't think I have to really talk about all of them, Um, this is easily the most uh, um, quoted movies in my household. And my son has just picked up and started saying, no dice, Jim Rice. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: adorable.
2: Yeah. So
1: (laughs) I I miss the stuff when I don't live with you anymore. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he uh he used a word the other day that I was just so proud of him that I can't remember what it is, but he is so articulate and it's just fantastic. Um, so basically, we opened the movie on this couple eating dinner at this very high-end restaurant in Miami, I guess. Um, and the guy's kind of a jerk, you know, and, you know, they're she's not really happy with her food and the guy is like you know this isn't done you know make it better and demands it of this waiter who is Kevin Heffernan um again director of the movie um and he's you know he's on the wait staff and basically walks back and, you know, brings it to the cook, who's the asshole, of course, because that's something these movies have in common. Uh, But this is Dave that we meet, played by Paul Soder. And um, he doesn't like sendbacks. You send back your food, you're not going to get the waiting treatment, which is absolutely disgusting. Uh, You're going to get... Uh, basically what he does to it is he sticks it back on the grill and, like, squishes it down. This <laughs> piece of ahi tuna that's, like, the size of, like, what, a triscuit? Like, it's it's thick, but it's the width of a triscuit. And, uh, and so he puts it on the grill and squishes it down and burns the fuck out of it. And so... you know um kevin heffernan's character has to bring it back and be like uh, rich his name uh bring it back and you know this guy is like are you fucking kidding me what the hell is this this is a piece of charcoal like we're not eating this bring us some swordfish instead and uh basically you know rich uh, walks back and meets his manager back there, played by one of uh Broken Lizard's I would say friends of Broken Lizard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh
1: and he uh he is my that person okay. for this movie. Uh uh his name uh his name is Nat Faxon. Yes. Yeah. He <laughs> uh he was mentioned Already on our uh, Ready or Not episode. Oh yeah, he was—he uh, was Justin. The I guess it was supposed to be OnStar. Yes, guy, that was no help. Oh, to, uh, bar weaving. You can go fuck yourself, Justin. Okay. <laughs> have a good night. Bye. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he also had a small role in. Uh, I hate to keep bringing this up, uh, Hamlet Two. He was the, the, the guy at the printer shop that was later smoking a joint in the show.
3: Mm-hmm. In the
1: audience, yeah, really, really small part, like blink and you miss it. But he, yeah, he's been in tons of stuff, like a lot of other Broken Lizard, like a Beer Fest. I just loved. Yep. I they love. They him. love him. Yeah. Yep.
2: yep, he is definitely a friend of Broken Lizard's. Um, it looks like he was on Married, and he's been he was on American Dad for a while. Mm-hmm. He's
1: had um, Recurring roles on a ton of shows.
2: Yeah, it. I. I see that he was in the movie Bad Teacher. Um, you know, Slam and Sam, and he was on an episode of Mad Men. And yes, he was in Hamlet too. And uh, my name <laughs> is Earl.
1: You say that like with gritted teeth. I love it. They also <laughs> share a border with the Dutch.
0: <laughs> That's how I heard that.
2: <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff, and actually, uh, parents, parents might uh, recognize him from Blaze and the Monster Machines. Oh no way! Yeah, I, he that, he was pickle on there. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of like a funny thing for the parents out there. Oh, and um, he's the,
1: he's Elfo on a Disenchantment. Oh, yeah, yep. He's just everywhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I have him on here as shitty manager.
0: Yep. yep.
2: Um, I'm going to need
0: to deduct that fish from your wages.
2: Oh, no, he's <laughs> not even being timid about it. He's like, Do you, are you eating that fish on the <laughs> that... floor? Like, I'm deducting that from your wages. That's just too bad. And Rich is like, I'm fed up. I'm done. I quit. And he's like, well, if you're going to quit, you got to go tell the champ. And, of course, everybody's afraid of the champ. And he goes up, and he approaches the champ's office door, and he gets almost there and turns around and said, No, Rich is not a quitter, and starts to go downstairs and trips on his apron and falls and breaks his leg.
1: And it's the most ridiculous leg-breaking ever. (laughs) It was like, like ventriloquist dummy type, yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, and so uh, a year later, you know, we come back to the Slam and Salmon, which is still fully operational. And Rich is now the manager, and that other guy is out of there because he's a shitty manager. Um. And we meet, you know, the rest of the group. We meet, um, uh, Donnie, who is a new, uh, new recruit. He is Dave's twin brother. Uh, we we get to meet. Um, actually, we get to meet Guy, who is Eric Stolhansky's character, who has huge hair and is only interested in how he looks and getting Tang, if you will. Um, we've got Nuts, played by Jay Chandricks Chandrasekar, and uh, we meet Mia, who is a blonde beautiful ballet dancer um we meet Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother Robin uh, as Tara and we hear and meet uh Steve Lemmy who is part of Broken Lizard as Connor who left <laughs> he left the restaurant in amazing quitting fashion <laughs> yep to Can go I? work on a uh, a um CFI Hotlanta, basically. <laughs> I, a,
1: love I love that a name,
2: Hotlanta. Yeah, a popular, um, basically CSI spinoff.
1: I think one of the parody. girls on Flavor of Love was named Hotlanta. One of the <laughs> probably one of the later yep. seasons that you know was like the off-brand version of the. First season, which can never be touched is that's the that's the the peak pinnacle of two thousands reality TV was that first season. <laughs> Nothing will ever top it.
2: So anyway, they did a little cutaway scene when Connor found out he got the audition and basically um went into the back, uh shoved coleslaw out of a giant fucking <laughs> into his mouth and down his pants (laughs) and walked from the kitchen to the door, basically telling everybody, fuck you on the way out and turning around and flipping everybody off. And then the coup de grace um, kicking up towards the door and a whole wave of coleslaw just comes out of his (laughs) pants. <laughs> to out the door and it just it's it's probably one of the best quitting scenes I've ever seen. So, you know, uh we as we've already met Dave, I don't need to talk about the bad cod. Um <laughs> but we get our first customer uh who is Will Forte. Um and he comes in by himself, and he gets seated as a four top at a four top in Guy's section, and Guy is frustrated with this. And we will we will check in on Will Forte um, throughout the movie. He plays Horace, the lone diner. So that's that's quite a title for him in this movie. Um, basically, they're getting ready for their shifts, and we meet you know guy and nuts who are talking about what they did last night and uh basically guy was talking about this chick he hooked up with and nuts was like oh yeah i banged an orangutan <laughs> and uh guy was like what really and nuts was like no dice jim rice and one so- of the
0: best lines of that is really what did that smell like bananas mostly <laughs> <laughs> what the
2: fuck <laughs> yeah like this oh this movie's so quotable it's so great and so we meet you know the two main waitresses uh, the two girls um, Mia and Tara uh, Mia is the ballet dancer and she's putting her way through uh, I think uh, well ballet school um, and you know being very pretty she uses her everything she can you know she is very forward and she uses her body and anything she can to get a big tip um and like she calls out rich the manager, she was like you put me on a double you know next week and he's like uh yeah you said you needed shifts and she's like i can't work a double i get shin splints so it's just, it's kind of like, okay, this is who she is. She's, she's very direct and, you know, that's who she is. And we find out that before Connor left, they had a um, physical relationship. Um, they were quote unquote tickle friends. Yep. <laughs> Um, which I think is, is pretty funny. And then, you know, we meet Tara, who, you know, is more of the soft-spoken brunette, of course. Um, and she's putting her way through medical school. So, you know, she needs her tips too, but she's not as, uh, quite, uh, forward about it as Mia is. Um, oh, (laughs) so I have this note called, uh, the best entrances. When Cleon Salmon makes an entrance at the (laughs) (laughs) restaurant, it is literally the best thing ever. And, like, he comes into the restaurant and leaves a few times during the night. And every single time, his entrance is different. And every single time, a microphone comes down from the ceiling and he needs to be announced in (laughs) Um, my favorite one, he just, he comes in riding a horse and wearing this huge gaudy crown and it just, oh, it is so fucking funny. I just, I, you have to watch it. I'm, I can't do it justice. One of Um, my
0: favorite things these guys always seem to do is they bring a big name character actor like Michael Clark Duncan or, um, Bill Paxton or, um, there's been several others right each of their movies seems to have mm-hmm. one where it's like and they give them the opportunity to just improv as much as they want and yeah. duncan just nails it
2: mm-hmm. yeah. just uh just kind of being this boxer who um maybe didn't have the best education uh maybe got his bell rung a couple of times um but he goes in to tell Rich, you know, basically, I, you know, went Japanese albino hunting and I owe the Yakuza twenty thousand. And um, so now we're getting more customers and we're, you know, learning about how each of the, you know, um, wait staff is different and the different tactics they use to kind of start to play upon people's, you know, I guess, trust in telling them what's good. Because, I mean, this is a very high-end restaurant. You're going to pay big money for little entrees. It just, it's just like that. Um, And so they're suggesting, like, the most, like, the highest-priced items, like, you know, $38, you know, cod like it just it's ridiculous and then you know they're pitting you know customers against customers like oh that guy over there just bought two of these what do you mm-hmm. say da 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 um and I like, at, how they're like
1: is, oh sorry no go ahead i like how they're like is it a fishy fish or <laughs> that was <laughs> such a good scene.
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's again one of our uh most quoted lines um in our house and I, I haven't gotten to the fishy fish yet. It's um so good. yeah. <laughs> but uh as we're going around we meet his his character name is Marlon Spencer. His name is Sentil Ramamurthy. I I think I got that. And he is sitting with the lovely Olivia Munn, who this is her first Broken Lizard film. And they actually bring her back for another one called The Baby Makers later on. Um, But she she plays uh, Samara Dubois. And they're this couple. And, um, you know, uh, Connor um, is in the kitchen. And uh, um, Marlon comes back and basically just walks into the kitchen. I'm like, wow, that's... That's ballsy, but okay. Um, And he hands this ring to Connor and says, hey, I'm proposing to my girlfriend tonight. Can you put this in the dessert? And he's like, sure, absolutely. And he's like, all right, be careful with this. This is an African Bing diamond. It's worth $450,000. Like, I'm sorry, but that much wealth makes me want to puke. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just thinking of that. Like that's just it's insane. It's so insane. Like a and ring could not cost that
1: much. I hate it when people do the whole ring and the dessert. It's like it's so just don't it's messy, it's risky. Just don't do it.
2: I mean they yeah. had to do it because it was a subplot of the movie.
0: Well, or, I know. I oh, he mean it means in real life. Don't. Like yeah. it's, just, it's it's yeah, very much like, don't, don't do do it. <laughs> it's like, don't. come on.
2: Yeah, no, um, I, I had an ex who had a very specific way he wanted to propose and told his best friend, and his best friend totally jacked it, so, it, yeah, it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good situation, and so he did it over, you know, dinner at one point, and it just. It was, it was okay. It was nice to be proposed to, I'll put it at that. But the relationship didn't work out. And now Valentine's Day is not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, well in the back, um, Connor is also hazing Donnie, the new guy. And uh, basically, he tells him every time he messes up or breaks something, he has to take a shot of Blue Curacao. And nobody will ever know. What except, the fuck for... is
3: happening to
0: that guy's mouth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, and that would be me because I love uh, blue. I love blue drinks. I always have. Was
0: it? What did he say? Did you blow a
1: Smurf? Did you did blow
0: up Smurf? A Smurf? a
1: Smurf, yeah.
2: <laughs> and somebody asks him at one point, you know, is that the reason why you wear the blue lipstick so you can be told apart from your brother, <laughs> like? or there's one point where he's like crying and he's got like a blue like tear like blue like tear way like going down in his face and such a good gag it is so good this Um, isn't gonna come off (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, and they have a send back area um, where if people send food back um, you set it in one spot and say send back and basically everybody comes like a fucking shark friend- frenzy in order to eat some of this. Um, because as I uh, I explained, like most of the people here, and this is really annoying and frustrating, probably wouldn't spend their money at this restaurant because they don't have the... Income to just throw away,
0: oh, yeah, right. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, with you know, two college students and you know, one guy who likes to go out and party and this and that, like, they're not gonna spend 40 bucks on you know, a piece of fish,
3: and mm-hmm.
2: so you know, it just <laughs> and so you know, that's uh, that's kind of the send back area where they get. You know, they get to taste the food that they're serving, basically. And it's absolutely delicious, and Man. they love it. Um,
1: and, um, Since we talked about, since we touched on Are You Afraid of the Dark in the last uh, segment, it kind of reminded me of the Dangerous Soup episode with Oh, Neville. yeah! Jess?
2: I haven't gotten there yet. Uh,
1: yeah. It's a really, it's a... I'm not going to go into detail with it, but it's a really good kind of commentary too on like the uh, the like mooching off of the working class if you look at it yep. the right way. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Okay.
2: Well, you know we should get fair wages, and you know people who are tipped shouldn't be paid three dollars an hour. But Absolutely. I <laughs> it's 213
1: Two thirteen, two thirteen, and it's not been raised in thirty years. Gross. Jesus. Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. God bless America.
2: So anyway, um, this dessert comes up and Connor is starting to put it together. And unfortunately, he's assembling it in the sendback area. And he steps away to grab a bit of garnish to put on the plate to make it pretty. And he and Mia are talking about not being tickle friends anymore. And you know, Connor wants to get back and hit it, and he's like, "I just want my tickle friend back." And Rich hears send back comes running and eats the brownie and the ring. um And so I don't know why it takes like three waiters to stand in the back um to help him out with this, but um this is where uh nuts. Starts acting a little differently. Zungo! He,
3: uh,
2: <laughs> he, he uh, starts setting things down in threes, and he uh, he just he isn't acting quite right. And um, Tara, you know, reminds him or asks him if he took his pill, and he's like, "Well, no, I've got an hour." And she's like, "No, it was daylight savings time. You need to go take your pill." And as he's walking out, these guys are trying to figure out where the ring is in, um, Rich's stomach and basically using a stud finder, um, (laughs) which is really
0: friggin' funny. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and so, uh, he, he doesn't get the chance to go take his pill and we do get to meet Zongo, um, and we cut back to Will Forte, who is now reading War and Peace <laughs> literally one of the longest books ever yeah. uh i've yeah. I've heard it's a tredge to get through yes, um, but guy comes up to him, and he you know he's getting really frustrated that he's been there at this four seater table. And hasn't ordered anything. He's like, well, you know, let me get you a beverage, you know, if you're not quite hungry yet. And he's like, oh, sure, you know, what do you suggest? And he's like, uh, Christelle, Dom Perignon, like trying, trying to get this man to spend money. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, all three of those sound great. And he's like, what, really? No, I'll just take a, uh, a glass of hot water. I brought my own tea bag. <laughs> oh my word like this, this I'm frustrated for him Um. so now Rich you know um, asks the waiters and waitresses to come in the back and says okay you know we need to get our numbers up so the person who you know makes the most money tonight gets front row tickets to the Nora Jones concert most people are not that impressed um honestly i wouldn't be that impressed i probably wouldn't be interested in tickets to front row nora jones anyway and i i even like her but you know that that's not a that's not a big ringer um yeah it's not
0: an excuse for me to bleed for you you know what i mean yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) yep so um rich goes and makes a phone call and this is my that guy actor of the movie <laughs> to randomly the king of the pale jim gaffigan as mm-hmm. a hotel manager for persuasion spa in mm-hmm. the florida keys and rich <laughs> rich does a uh, fantastic cleon impression
0: he really uh, does yeah <laughs>
2: Um, basically, you know, Jim Gaffigan is trying to say that Mr. Salmon is no longer welcome at this hotel, um, because his pet kangaroo basically ripped the hotel room apart when they were there and destroyed (laughs) it, and, uh, Rich, Rich had to be like, oh, well, you know, that kangaroo is no longer with us, you know, he... He died while Cleon was sparring with him, but, you know, hey, let me just let the champ know that, you know, you can't do this. And, um, basically Cleon is going to knock him into Bolivian if he doesn't get this (laughs) hotel room. And so Rich winds up upping the prize to a free weekend to Persuasion's spa and hotel. Um... And so, you know, the waitstaff goes out there to press more. And this is where the fishy fish scene comes in. And it is legit one of my favorite things in the entire movie. Um, And so, you know, one waiter walks up to a table and was like, hey, you should try the... I forget what the fish was, but it's some, like, ridiculous small fish. And the first customer is a woman and she's she goes is the fish fishy i don't like fishy fish and (laughs) the waiter's like no it is the least fishy fish of all the fishes and then it cuts over to another table where another waiter is trying to sell this ridiculously expensive entree of fish and the gentleman goes is the fish fishy i like my fish fishy and the waiter goes it is the fishiest fish of all and and they cut over to uh, another waiter who's um, trying to sell this same dish. And the guy goes, is the fish flaky? I like my fish flaky. And he uh, he pulls out some like other language and is like, oh, this is its name in other language. And it means, you know, the flakiest fish. But you should get two. And so it just when when me and my partner are out to dinner and we're trying to decide what to eat like every once in a while we'll just go is the fish fishy i like my fish fishy it's
0: so good <laughs>
2: <laughs> um and so we cut to mia who is flirting with everything she can um, you know, she sits down with a group of guys who are clearly ogling her, and she's like, oh, well, you know, if, if you're having such a good time, you should get the four-pound lobster. And so should you, and so should you, and so should you. And they're all like, yeah, totally. She should um, be
1: hooters, seriously, with how flirtatious she is.
2: I, I think she's a little too, she thinks she's too good for hooters. Um yeah. Plus, I don't think she has the body type for Hooters. Um, I oh, mean, no. she has she has a lovely body. It's just not terribly curvy. Yeah. Um, and at one point, there's you know some very obvious uh, a very obvious lesbian pair that are sitting, and she's like bending and stretching in all different ways, talking about how you know, she's putting herself through ballet school and, you know, the, one of the lesbians gives her extra money for the sugar plum queen. It just, it's, it's (laughs) so ridiculous, but, you know, she, she wants that spa break. Um, and, oh yeah, uh, one thing that I have an issue, I took issue with is, uh, when they were in the back trying to find the ring going through Rich's body, um, Kevin Heffernan is a larger man, and they poke fun of it every movie because he is the fat guy of Broken Lizard, and, you know, some people think that's funny, Um, and so they're, like, shaking up his midsection and making it jiggle all around, and they're like, oh, you know, I think I heard a, you know, lunchbox in there, or, you know, be careful, we might get a license plate or something like that, and it's just... Fat jokes aren't funny, but I guess some people still think so. Um, well, they did in
0: 2009. Yeah. I was yeah.
2: yeah, unfortunately. Um,
0: There's also a heavy use of the, the dreaded R word in Jim Gaffigan's sequence, and I've never heard that word out of that guy. That's why I was like, no. oh, Jim, no. I know. He's so <laughs> wholesome, usually.
2: Yeah, it was probably in the script. I know, and it just... Mm-hmm. It, it,
0: it's one of those things where coming out of his mouth... It's like, because like I said before, out of the Broken Lizard guys, it's like... it It's toilet humor. You expect... It's like a schoolyard thing. You you call a guy, you know, something and it doesn't hit. But some reason coming out of Gaffigan, because he's always so nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, that didn't work? Don't do that, Jim.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... He, it, he did Stanley, the uh hotel manager really well. He did. And that's why, uh, that's why it hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, at this point, um Guy <laughs> Guy met Metropodies. Uh yeah, meat drapes <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's you know that's that's part of the humor of this movie. That I wish more people have seen because it is so funny, you know. Who is Guy Meat Drape?s Oh, it's Metropathy, sir. Well, why doesn't it sound like that when I say it? It's, Meat Drape?s
0: That is one of my single favorite Michael Clark Dingle lines. Why doesn't it sound like that when I say it? Yeah, <laughs> such a good line.
2: <laughs> yeah, it just it's you know that's that's the character Cleon Salmon is like oh. you know why. Why isn't it that, like that when I do it? Like, you know, it just, it's, that's very much the epitome of Cleon Salmon. Yeah. Um, so, Guy walks back and approaches Dave and says that this woman wants her soup heated up. And oh. he's like, what? It's literally steaming. And he said, I don't know, that she just wants it heated up. And so Dave goes, nuke the dick out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so they stick it in the microwave. And while that happens, um, Donnie is several shots in of Blue Curacao. And Dave notices this. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Are you drunk? And this starts a bro fight between the twins and... um you know they use the word the r word a couple of times and um but like even one of the cooks is like you know twins are gross like yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're just they're they're fighting each other and they did a really great um fight you know in editing it basically you know one guy playing twins in you know a very hands on fight um I just, they did a really great job making you believe it's twins fighting each other. Um, And so, you know, once they get done fighting, there's a uh, ballet sequence uh, out on the weight floor. Um, Mia is feeling so great. She's in first place. She's selling like crazy that she decides to do a little dance around the, uh, the customer floor. And you know. She gets an assist from Connor. And she kicks. Over Tara's head. Where Tara has to like limbo under her leg. And uh she comes. She. Uh, grand jetes Into the kitchen. And Donnie is on the floor. Trying to clean up a mess. And they pull the. Micro- the pull the soup out of the microwave. It is steaming like it is there's so much heat coming off of this thing that guy has to hold it with a towel he comes through the door trips over donnie and mia gets a full face of burning soup gnarly yeah yeah and, of course, you know, she's so pretty, it's an absolute travesty, and uh, they're they're up in Cleon's office, and Tara's kind of taking care of it, and she's like, was this a cream-based soup? And Mia's like, yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> and so, you know, um, Tara's trying to get rich to let her go home, and Mia has this great like, hero speech about, you know, did Barishnikov not dance when he broke his toe? You know, did Joe Theismann never play baseball when he broke his leg? And Rich is like, uh, it's Joe Theismann and he never played football again. <laughs> but uh, either way, Tara wanted to stay, stay back. Um, and so one of uh one of Cleon's entrances, he comes in with a swordfish. <laughs> it was just totally
1: something, you know, that his character would do and request. Just
2: Well, he won it from Emerald. He won it in the thumb wrestling contest. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I broke his thumb. How's that for Bam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um he sits down with this japanese man and his translator and he's like oh yeah get the get the pretty girl over here and <laughs> she comes up to the table and uh he screams
3: <laughs>
2: he, he was very taken off guard by her very red and blistering burnt face and he's like oh Yeah, no, I'm going to need the smart girl. Get the smart girl over here. And this is one of my favorite (laughs) things. And it's so little that I don't even know if people would notice it. um, Unless you're actually like versed in ballet or have seen a number of ballets. But when she runs away, she's like. um, How do I put it? She's. She has her hands down by her sides, and she's like fluttering, fluttering her hands by her sides behind her.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: And so it just—it's—it's definitely a very ballerina thing to do, and it's just—it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, And (laughs) Tara comes up and. Uh, The champ says, uh, we want to start with some appetizers, some encrapments, and uh, (laughs) I just, oh my god, he's he's my favorite person of this movie, I love it so much. The the
0: translators, I can't get enough of him using the translator, no, say it to them the way I said it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't understand. Like translating to a different language. He's like, if it's in but, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. Tell him that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she, she thinks about it and is trying to translate it in. I want to say Japanese. And he's like, no, no, that's not what I said. Tell it like I said it. And she's like, uh, if it's and buts were candies and nuts (laughs) and like this guy is just sitting there like what (laughs) i have no idea what's happening um (laughs) so we switch back over to mia who goes around who uh is trying to flirt with another table of guys (laughs) and she sits down with them And she's like, oh, yeah, a lot of people here really like our surf and turf. And they usually get two. And I call it surf and surf and turf and turf. And she's leaning leaning on one of the guys. And he's just like, can you just leave our table? It just, your face is grossing me out. And she just, she leaves. And he's like, "It's it's times like these. I thank God that I have a perfect face. And <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and he's like, you know, some banker businessman in a suit and glasses and bald and all this, and it's like, huh, okay, you know, if if that's what you think, um, so at this point, uh, Cleon goes to meet with Rich to find out where they are in numbers, and they find out that they were at, I want to say, like. 12,000, 11,000, 12,000. And Cleon says, That's not even half. <laughs> and he yells out to the floor. He goes, Everybody in my office now. And of course, everybody gets up. And he's like, No, 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 just, just the waitstaff. And they all come upstairs. And he ups the prize. The first person gets $10,000. And the person in last place gets a knuckle sandwich. Um, and he, he tries to do some rapping, and it is not very good.
0: Hey, no. <laughs> no. no.
2: No. It's, it's terrible. Um, yeah. And so they go back downstairs and introduce us to a lovely couple who's sitting kind of in the middle of the restaurant who's also one of a uh, friend of Uh, broken lizard. Um, the John Michael Weaver. Yeah, he he was in Super Troopers and Super Troopers Two, and um, he's a ginger. He was in Club Dread. He was in Ouija. He was in the greatest game ever played. Like he's he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, he's tall, slim, uh, red hair. Um, definitely got a lot going on. He was in Franklin and Bash for a little bit. He uh he's he was on the Joe Schmo show as Randy the Asshole. I don't know if any of you watched that. I watched that. I loved it. Um but yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff and he is a friend of Broken Lizard. Um and so he he and this woman, we have not officially met them yet, but they are sitting at a table. And the waiters and waitresses are going around spinning these yarns, let's say, of these amazing stories about how he couldn't walk. And last week, he got up and walked into her arms for the first time. <laughs> and Mia uh, said, you know, he, he pulled her from the burning building and he is an absolute hero And Tara was saying that he was on the Oprah show for some tragedy, and it was her highest-rated episode, and everybody wants to send them over a bottle of their finest champagne. And we cut to this lovely couple, and literally the first line from this lovely gentleman is, Oh, I'm gonna stuff it in your ass tonight. (laughs) So So
1: romantic.
2: So romantic. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna cost you extra. That's gonna cost you extra, she says, (laughs) and he's like, That's fine, and she's like, Well, I've got crabs and like just the whole exchange is just so raunchy and ridiculous. And all of a sudden, one of the waiters comes up with a magnum of champagne. Like, not just a normal bottle of champagne, like, the ones that are, like, the size of your head stacked on top of itself.
1: <laughs> like, oh, and, and just wait for, you know, the one coming up. That's
2: <laughs> Yeah, and he's, like, you know, compliments of, you know, the, you know, another couple over there, and they zoom out. And there's five other of the wait staff. Another one is holding a magnum and they're all holding, you know, bottles of expensive champagne. And he stands up and he has this freak out and he's like, no, no, I'm from out of town. I was just kidding about the anal. Like, I was just looking for something to do with my dick. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it, it just kind of sours like the sweet gesture of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And it actually has you know, they they move on from that. I don't know if they got to keep, you know, two magnums and three bottles of champagne, but I hope to hell they did. Um so we get to meet another superstar in this movie, Nutella. Miss Vivica A. Fox. So good. She is a um, Beyonce like uh, pop star. And she comes in with an entourage with, you know, four other people. And they get her seated and Tara is you know set to wait on her. And, uh, you know, Tara's a big fan and talking about it. And um, they basically ordered double what the champ did. For everybody sitting there. So that's five double orders of whatever the champ had. So, you know, that's um, an appetizer and an entree and drinks. So now Donnie gets thrown into the mix and becomes a waiter. Um, Did I miss that? Sorry, I'm looking over my notes. Ah, okay, no, I didn't miss that. So, um, basically, Rich thinks they're not uh, getting enough money, so he's like, Dottie, you're now a waiter, and, you know, throws him out there, and um, he gets this table of Aussies, and he just, it's his very first table, and he just fucks it up. You know, he he says the wrong thing, he does the wrong thing, he knocks all the drinks over, like, he's just It's not good. And Guy is so fed up with Will Forte and his reading of War and Peace and not ordering anything. He's like, you know what? You're new. Take this table. You know, my gift to you. I mean, being a shithead either way, but. Basically sends him over to Will Forte. And, uh, you know. Donny's nice to him and he you know he's like hey you know what can I get you da 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 and you know they actually have a good rapport it's a good thing um so we you know move across the restaurant to another table that Connor has and come to find out it is the cast of CFI Atlanta, with Atlanta. Morgan Fairchild herself who he like,
0: claimed to all of them that he slept with
2: yeah <laughs> yeah and that's, that's how he had gotten fired is that he slept with Morgan Fairchild um and the the producer or director there um
0: who was that Chris? Lance Hendrickson playing Dick Lobo
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And is he special to you?
0: Yes, he is my that person for this. Lance Hendrickson, um, if you haven't heard the name, is in everything. Um yeah. but he's most well known for Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was- played he played the robot. The robot person yeah. in Alien.
1: Who mm-hmm. was the just ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He um, was he was the uh the a producer in uh, Scream Three. Yep. yep. Yeah.
0: Lance Hendrickson has had a hell of a career. He's two two hundred and fifty nine acting credits. Damn. Uh, wow. Still working today. Um. Yeah, some I'm of his really... biggest ones, like I said, were Alien. He was in actually a lot of the Alien movies, and also in Alien versus Predator. Um. He uh, just you know. If it was a movie, it, God, he, it looks like he's made a movie a year since the beginning of his career. Basically, wow. that hasn't stopped. Wow. Um, at least a movie a year. Um, Near Dark was one of his huge roles. Um, Pumpkinhead is another one he was really well known for. I've never Johnny, seen. Uh, yeah, it's it's very good. Johnny handsome. Um, super, super Mario Brothers. Uh, he's he's done stuff. He was yeah. the. Yeah, un uncredited in that. Um he he's just been in he, the mind boggles how much stuff this guy's been in. And I was like, who is that playing Dick Lobo when he showed up in this? And I looked in the credits, like, oh
1: my god, that's Lance Hendrickson. I was so excited.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: He was uh he had a really small role at the end of uh Jennifer's body. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, did he? Who was yep. he? He was the, the uh the guy that picked up uh Needy after she broke out of uh the jail
2: Okay. There was a
1: scene that made his character a lot more creepier, creepier, and I'm so glad they didn't include it.
2: What, did he hit on her?
1: Yeah, basically. He's like, I take gas, grass, or ass. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad they didn't include that.
2: Uh,
0: Hey, speaking of, he's also been stuff on American Dad.
1: Everybody's been on American Dad, and I was going to bring that show up because the whole, like, burnt face. Yep. Like the joke that comes up with it later was a lot like an episode where a character gets acid thrown on their face,
3: oh. and like
1: their their like skin flakes like fall, but you don't oh. you don't see their face until the very end. You just see how disgusted everyone is by it, and they try to go about their job like nothing's wrong. It's it's well, it's we will cool.
2: check off that for later. Yes. <laughs> um. So, anyway, basically, Connor has to wait humiliatingly on this staff of, or the cast of, you know, this show he used to be on. And Dick Lobo was like, yeah, somebody told me that if I was ever in Miami, I should eat here. He's like, yeah, that was me. Um, And so, you know... Connor is humiliated basically in, you know, having to take their orders and whatnot and see them again. And, you know, he's kind of trying to talk to Dick Lobo, like, hey, you know, I I could I could come back, you know. Um, and we uh we switch over and we see Zongo's in the house. Zongo like vodka <laughs> 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 and so um, Zongo starts skipping around and the champ sees this he's like hey I like his skipping everybody skip and so oh my gosh I don't know how much practicing they had to do or they used fake props but the to staff skipping like Tara at one point has like A couple of drinks on her tray while she's skipping and i'm just like how how is that not falling over so maybe movie magic maybe they're just that good i'm gonna choose the latter but it's Mm -hmm. just like it is absolutely mind-boggling and uh Zango gets to one table and decides to perform some opera. You know, it's it's (laughs) delicious. Um, (laughs) And uh, and so Tara realizes that he hasn't had his meds and they corner him at the bar and they try to get him to take it. And he throws it back at him, runs away to the kitchen and they dogpile him. Mm-hmm. Like, it is great. And Connor even actually... Like, there are three people on him. And Connor even runs back a minute later. And just does, like, a splash on top of this dogpile. It's it's so great. The physical comedy in this movie is phenomenal. Like... Yes, I just... It's a shame how, you know, little this movie is because it is so good. Um, And so they get Zongo's med in and go back about their business. And uh, we check in with the lovely uh, couple, uh, the Heroes guy and Olivia Munn. And, um, Senthil. Senthil and Olivia. And, uh, you know, he... Connor had come up and said, I'm sorry, we had just ran out of brownies. Would you like this souffle? It takes an hour to prepare. Because he had to, unfortunately, tell the gentleman that the uh, the ring is um inside somebody. Coming out the long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he He got pissed, he's like, "I want to see the manager and the idiot who did this, and he's like, "Oh, uh, that's me. I'm sorry, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole the the souffle was such it was such a great idea on their behalf, you know be like, how can we buy time? Yep. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah play takes a long time. that was great. What am I gonna do
0: for an hour? uh talk,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me more about your Chile ideas like <laughs> And so, like, he's just drinking while they're waiting for this, while Rich is trying to pass this ridiculously insane ring. Um, and he, he, uh, Connor checks in with them and he goes, you know, um, I'd like another one of these, but make sure they actually put some alcohol in it. And he brings it to the bartender. Who, oh, no. I yeah. love the bartender. The bartender is just so fun. Uh, Fidel, the bartender, is played by Richard Pirello. Perello, I'm not sure what his heritage is. Um, but he brings it back. He's like, all right, let's make another one. It's for a pissed off actor. And uh, he's pouring the alcohol and he starts to stop. And he's like, no more. More. And they fill it so full. And... I got to go on a little side note here. Um, I was at a uh, kitschy family restaurant that has the name of the day of the week in it at (laughs) one point. (laughs) And um, they have a very cute uh, pink candy Cosmo that I like to get. And I had gotten two and they brought me a third one and it was so alcoholic I could not taste anything else in it it tasted like what I imagined gasoline would taste like like it just it was insane and you know I didn't realize that they made those types of drinks for like employees like they make hella strong drinks for employees and bartenders and stuff like that because they're more used to drinking. I I had to send it back. I'm like I can't do this. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. this is horrible. I I can't enjoy this. But so that's that's all I can imagine that this drink tasted like with how much alcohol they poured in this guy's drink. Um and so we cut to the kitchen where uh They were saying, you know, um, it's somebody's birthday. They need a cake. And so they're walking this cake out with a candle and everything. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can just see it.
2: Yep. And they are walking past Senthil and Olivia's table. I can't remember the characters' names. But um, he takes a drink of this drink just as they're walking by. And of course, Mia is carrying the cake. (laughs) Of course. And he spits it out because it is so alcoholic and foul. Right into the cake, right into the burning candles, right up into her face.
0: The the amount of body horror that poor actress goes through. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's speechless. Like how much this poor girl has gone through in this one night. Um, and so we cut back over to Connor who was in the bathroom washing his hands and, uh, or no, um, Mr. Lobo, Dick Lobo was washing his hands and Connor comes in and was like, you know, I could come back, you know, I could have the money for a nose job as early as tonight, you know? And, The guy was like, no, you know, you, you did this. How are you so dumb that you were on a show and your character had a large nose and had a bunch of nose jokes and you went and got a nose job? Like, no, we we're not. It wasn't his character's name, the schnoz. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It just, it's ridiculous. And then towards the end, he's like, you know, we're filming a crossover with Greektown. So, uh, you know, call me after you have your nose job. And so it just it's the most ridiculous thing. But he's like, no, you did this to yourself. Like, don't don't feel bad. Don't, you know, any of this like you did it to yourself. And he put him in his place. And, you know, he kind of needed to. Um, and so we, uh, we find out that Zongo, when he was here, shot to the top of the, um, rankings of people who brought in the most money for the evening and Nut sees this. And he's like, was Zongo here? And guy was like, yeah. And, you know, he was terrible. Don't bring him back. And, uh, you know, he sees the standings and he's like, oh, shit. He goes back and he runs to the bathroom and throws up his med because apparently having your meds makes you boring and, you know, just not a great person. Yeah,
0: that's a joke that didn't Uh, age well.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And again, it's one of those
0: things that it makes for a great improv bit right? You, that's where all their jokes come from, you know, is being on stage and going, you're a guy who forgot to take his meds, because that's a real easy thing to throw up, but you look at it now and you go, that's not funny. He yeah. does funny things no. when he's Zongo, right? But yeah. the, the the reason for him being Zongo is not funny. <laughs> no.
2: Um, and so at this point, Donnie sees that he's at the bottom and uh, the the chief comes back And Donnie's trying to say, oh, well, I just got a table. I just started waiting. Like, I'm not even supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be a busboy. And the champ goes, excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one, but nobody wants to admit it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great quote.
2: Yeah. And uh, And so Donnie basically makes a run for it. Um, he, he sees the champ watching him out on the weight floor and he's like, I'm never going to get better and makes a run for it. And as he's running down the sidewalk outside of the restaurant, bam, he barrels right into the champ.
0: You can't <laughs> run from me. When I was training for the fracas in caracas, I carried a baby llama or baby a camel on my back. <laughs> yeah
2: like you can't run from the champ like you can't yeah. run from this it's gonna happen whether you like it or not um so we check back in with connor and uh he's he's finishing up you know the meal with cfi Lanta and there's a gentleman with an excessively large nose and he's like hey what are the uh, what are the guys at that other table having that smells delicious you know and he's like, hey, my name is Dooch. I'm like, ugh. You're just all sorts of ugh. And basically, they got this guy to replace Connor for all the nose jokes. Um, and we go back and check back in with Zongo is back. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and for some reason, there's some um, cats at a table how is everyone feeling this evening
3: please
2: try the fish and he, he starts asking how does this taste how does this taste how does this taste and it cuts in and out to find out he's shoving fish down a gentleman's throat pantsless <laughs> And eventually, the champ comes over and just knocked him out with one punch. Because he was crazy. And uh, and they just kind of, you know, need to move on with the night. But kind of got him sedated, if you will. Um, it's Zongo's definitely one of, you know, the greater parts of the movie. Um, so eventually... Rich passes the ring, and it well, rich passes the ring, and then he has to go sit back on the toilet and pass the diamond
0: oh the
2: uh, hardest substance known to man yeah. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and finally he passes everything, and they hopefully clean it well they don't uh. They don't show cleaning it, Um, Uh but they get it put into a dessert finally and get it served and, oh my gosh, this is Olivia Munn's shining moment. She did so good with this. Um, She uh, she takes a big bite of the dessert and pulls the ring out of her mouth and the dessert is chocolate, of course, so she's got chocolate all over her teeth and in her mouth and she's (laughs) like, oh my god oh my god is this for real yes yes oh my god yes and um she's like oh my god honey yes and like goes in for a kiss and he like diverts around and kisses her cheek (laughs) because she just had the
0: ass ring in her mouth
2: yeah they all know where that ring had been um so anyway they had a happy ending Um, And at this point, uh, Rich's wife walks into the restaurant with triplets (laughs) to find out that Rich married Cleon's sister. And she is literally the only one who can stand up to him. And she has the same, like, rhyming scheme as him. And she is sassy. And she is so great. Like, oh my god, one of the best lines (laughs) Cleon walks over to the babies and he goes, They look exactly alike. What you do? Fuck a Xerox machine. (laughs) So good. Oh Oh, my god. I I could never think of like anywhere to use that in real life, but it it makes me laugh so hard every time I hear it, and it is the most random line like to come out of anywhere. Like, apparently you don't understand the concept of triplets, but it's just, it's nuts. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and so <laughs> we check back in with Mia, who is now super burnt.
0: Oh, it's terrible. No. Nah.
2: Yeah, like, it's, it's bad. And the uh, Dolphins offensive line walks in and wants dinner and got seated in her you know section and um, she's she's telling them this story about how she's working here as kind of a make a make a wish type deal and oh, it's
0: so bad
2: it, it yeah. is and the guys are so nice and they're like all right well we'll start with, with some appetizers we will take one of everything and to she, start to start <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of everything in the appetizers menu to start and this is like five six guys sitting there and Mm -hmm. i mean they're they're you know they're big guys um and she's just she is so happy like this this is this is turning her night around it is the best thing and they are being so sweet to her and Guy comes by and blows at the back of her head and off wisps a bit of her hair with a bit of skin and blood on the end. Oh. And land, lands in their water, in one of their water, and they all get absolutely disgusted and basically charge. Like, trample the table. <laughs> Like, the table is fucking floor now. Uh, Trample it, and I'll go get sick in the bathroom. And basically, Tara just can't catch a break. Or not Tara, but Mia. Can't catch a break. Like, it just, it's tough. So, Mia's not winning this, obviously.
0: The guy's sabotage sequence is wonderful here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it just, it's bad. Um so Tara goes to wrap up with Nutella and she brings her the bill and, uh, you know, comes back to collect and um, her total is zero, 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 zero for five people at a table. And, uh, you know, she, she came back. She's like, this isn't the bill I gave you. And she's like, oh, the champ comped us. Which, why are you comping people? Especially, you know, multi-platinum singers Mm -hmm. who can afford it, you know, and her entourage.
1: On a night when you need the money.
2: Exactly. And so, okay, you know, understandable. Let that go. But, were you dissatisfied with the service Nutella? Oh, no, honey, but 20% of nothing is nothing.
1: I mean, mathematically, she's
2: not wrong. But socially and It's so shitty.
1: It's so yep. shitty. No, it, it is.
2: It is worse than the trucker asshole in waiting. Yep. But, yeah, like, it is literally worse than the trucker asshole in waiting. Like, it just, it Went is forth. so bad. Like it's not even like a dollar sixty eight or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just long got like it's nothing. Like just ugh. Like even just toss a hundo down and be good with it. Like anything. So it's the end of the night and we're winding down, and uh, we come back to Will Forte, who has finished War and Peace. And Donny comes up to check on him, and uh, you know this—this this is Will Will's time to shine, or Horace's time to shine. And uh, Donny gives him his tip, gives him his bill. He gets it back, checks the tip. It was like, wait, what? No, you gave me too much. And we find out Horace has one month to live. And I, I tried to get. I tried to spell out the uh the affliction that he had. Um and he called it uh shiftophagiosis? Yes. Shiftophagiosis? Um and again, that's just going by uh hearing, so I don't know if I got that right.
1: And it is um, a real, it is a real ailment per the IMDB trivia but it is uh, typically treatable
2: oh okay do you know more about it or what it is
1: uh, n- uh, no sorry
2: oh okay um, and so you know he's thanking Donnie for being so you know great throughout the uh, evening and being so patient with him and he totally earned that what thousand dollar tip and uh, you know He's got one month left to live He can't take it with you And he says his goodbyes And walks out the door And promptly gets run over By the champ's horse <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep So um In doing the rundown We find out that Tara won Tara won the night And uh she, she was like, how? You know, Nutella didn't tip or anything. And Donnie wound up giving Tara his tip. Aww.
1: That was sweet. That was it
2: tough. was. So super cute. Um, But the restaurant was short. You know, and Cleon was talking to Rich. The restaurant was short, you know, and didn't quite make the 20000 that he needed, so he decided to take it from the server's tips.
3: Uh,
2: and then uh, we find out there is no ten thousand dollar prize. What? If I need to make twenty thousand, why would I give you? Why would I give you ten? That doesn't make any sense. And Rich has had enough. Rich stands up. Like the good manager he is, to Cleon Salmon, and was like, "No, these guys work their butts off for you all night. They deserve their tips. Tara deserves that ten thousand dollars. You, you turn around and you give them what they're supposed to get. You, you, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Cleon was like, well, you know, I what's gonna happen? I need twenty
3: thousand yen. <laughs> what
0: I
2: owe the Yakuza twenty thousand yen.
3: <laughs> Wait,
2: do you mean yen or dollars? Yen uh, Yen. You know, it's the same thing. No, it's not. Twenty thousand yen in two thousand nine was what they say, about a hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's...
0: So, so I'll take my hundred and twenty dollars and you guys have the rest.
2: Yeah. He <laughs> gave the ten thousand to Tara. He took his hundred and twenty dollars and he goes, Feast my pretties, and <laughs> throws the money up and Rose makes it rain and basically gives it to the waitstaff staff in whoever can collect whatever they can. And uh Tara, you know, kinda of goes to um you know Donnie, who she thinks is Donnie and uh, said, you know, that's, that's really sweet of you, you know and eventually they kiss and they're still kissing and it starts getting rougher and he starts grabbing her and they pull away and Dave goes, see, Donnie, that's how you fucking kiss a woman. Oh,
1: uh...
2: So Tara accidentally kissed Dave and she is legit grossed out by it. And Donnie is off to the side, crying his eyes out. And in the end, Guy lost. And he is in um, Cleon's office. What is it? Taped to a like duct taped to a punching bag. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. It just it was insane. And so you know they're they're talking and he's like you know what you just gotta own up to it. It's not gonna be that bad. And it ends with guy getting a punch to the gut. And that was the slam and salmon. And I mm-hmm. absolutely love it and it is one of my favorite movies, and I still quote it to this day. I still watch it. I still suggest people watch it. You know, I again, Waiting is not a movie for me, but this definitely is, and I will probably love Broken Lizard forever. I agree.
0: It's really funny, Jess, that your favorite Broken Lizard and my favorite Broken Lizard movie, which is Club Dread, are two that the general... Everyday people that love Broken Lizard either haven't seen or don't like. Like yeah. I said to someone, I go, I watched The Slam and Salmon for the first time, and I can't believe I never watched this. It was a riot, and they're like, that movie sucked. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it, I mean, you huh?
1: Um, but it's yeah. And I'm the I'm the same way because I uh, was not a fan of Super Troopers. Oh, interesting. But but yeah, Slam and Salmon and Club Dread, I prefer and and a uh, Beer Fest. I I
0: I really enjoy all of their movies I've seen, but I, it, there was just something about Club Dread. It, it's the horror freak in me. I watch Club Dread and I go, "These oh, yeah. guys know horror movies like that's... Yeah, no, <laughs> <how> it's <good. laughs> like even it just everything about it was just so perfect. But um, yeah, Jess, yeah. that was that was an awesome. Awesome rundown of <laughs> Sorry, that movie. Sorry,
2: so thorough and long, but the movie is no. so good. No, no, it
0: deserves it. I mean, wait, Waiting, we did the same thing. It, they, they just, these movies deserve to be discussed because there's a lot going on.
2: Yeah.
3: What
0: about MVPs? Um, Jess, who is yours?
2: Oh, goodness. That is, uh, that is so hard. Um, with all of the people in this movie. They are just so fantastic. Like everybody did so amazing. For MVP, I gotta go with Michael Clark Duncan. Me I too. I have to. Like he like the movie without him would have still been pretty funny. But just all of his added extras mm-hmm. just made it hilarious and it's so frustrating that he's you know he's gone um he he was an amazing actor you know going from the Shawshank redemption to something like this like he just he's so phenomenal and you know um I mean like even the whole nine yards I loved him in that and I just he he was such a fantastic actor and he is very much missed
1: yeah absolutely uh, for for mine um i would say uh mia just for everything yeah. she had to do that, that night it was just <laughs> just to keep going just have her head held up i i would be out of there so fast i could not do that i'd be like i quit bye um so, to answer the question earlier about the disease that the lone diner had, oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but what, yeah. It's a parasitic <laughs> flatworm infection carried by freshwater snails in Africa. It's one of the most common parasitic diseases in primitive areas. It's almost never directly fatal, but a chronic years long infection can cause organ damage, several cancers, and in children can cause developmental problems. Ooh. It's easily treatable with antibiotics, though. Oh,
2: that does not sound pleasant.
1: No, no.
0: And and Jess, I didn't want to correct you at the time because it always feels awkward, but it was the Green Mile, not the Shawshank Redemption. the Michael Oh, Clark Duncan geez,
2: you're right. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Do you yeah, want to just sorry. say, do you want to say that
0: real quick again and I can just cut it in?
2: Nope, it's fine. I'm okay. human. I make mistakes. No, I'm just making sure. I wanted
0: to give you a chance. I just I hate being that person to go well, well, well. Because even I went. I'm like, yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Nope. Hey, same, hey, same director.
2: Nazi I you earlier. It's all good.
0: No, it's all good. Same director, same writer, though. So they. Oh, we go. Well, like, okay. Hey, I
1: mean, hey, we should. That should be a pair up sometime. Oh my God, the yeah. Green Mile and Shawshank would be perfect. Yeah. All right. It would we'll be a director spotlight. Down.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hell, we could do – it's a director and writer spotlight because they're both Stephen King. There you go.
2: Very nice.
0: Awesome. Look at that. And so, uh, yeah. Damn. Um, <laughs> Stefan, what did the critics think about The slam and Salmon?
1: So it has a pretty similar critical score of 35%, but the audience score is a very low 47%. I
0: just don't get it. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> it – yeah, I I guess I just chalk it up to the fact that it's not as well known. Like like as like I said, I had never heard of this till Jess pointed it
2: out. Yeah, I uh I actually um remember them basically trying to do a GoFundMe to get this uh, made. Yep. And they I think they did it again for Super Troopers Two to yep, try and get that made. And it just you know, it's it's frustrating that their comedy isn't as well taken um with them being a team and you know they they make really funny movies and yeah and,
0: and it seems like their movies wear their hearts on their sleeve like it genuinely seems like you're seeing watching bloopers, like yeah. of them just mm-hmm. like it it, it and, and I, and I, like I said earlier with Michael Clark Duncan and some of the other actors, they get them in on it when, when there's an actor in one of their movies, they never seem to be in there for stunt casting. Like they always yeah. seem to get them to be like, there's probably some, I don't know, whatever relaxation or fun improv technique they do. But like, you know, Vivica A. Fox's Nutella is, is throwing some great one liners and stuff out there and everybody <laughs> just seems comfortable and happy and they're trying to make each other laugh. And Damn. that's that's an old fashioned kind of comedy that, you know, people people don't want that, I guess, as much anymore. But it's it's a bummer because even a movie like Super Troopers 2, which I don't really like, I like them so much that I own it and I watch it because it's there's just so like so many funny, funny things in it. It's just like I watch it and go. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, you probably didn't need a sequel to Super Troopers, guys. I get it, That like, everybody <laughs> loves the characters, but now I see you probably didn't need to do this. No, but it was <laughs> you know. fun. Oh, yeah. it, it, I laughed my ass off at it. It's just, you know, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know why people are tired of these guys, because yeah. they're, especially because they change it up. None of them play the same person in every movie. Like No. Kev, Kevin Heffernan is a completely different guy in every film they make.
2: Yep. Yep, like he's like, you know, the douchey friend in Beer Fest. And, you know, he... And, uh... and the
0: douchey friend's brother.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm still waiting on Pot Fest. Like... Oh, that would that be That would great. be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they need to do it before Willie Nelson leaves, all right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And so, they um... They did, um, uh, like... Teaser kind of thing, I want to say, with Willie Nelson at one point. I'm uh,
0: surprised there isn't an entire pot universe with Willie Nelson showing up like Stan Lee. You right? Know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have to say, though, when I met these guys, um, I got to meet uh, Kevin Heffernan, Paul Soder, and Steve Lemmy. Um, at a brewery, and it was so, it was so packed, like, they, this brewery was not equipped for the response it got, like, so many people wanted pictures, and, you know, I think I was one of the few people who brought something for them to autograph, but everybody just wanted to meet them, and wanted pictures, and, all of this. And I guess they uh, went back and told um, Jay and, uh, oh, poop, what's his name? Paul. Um, nope. <clears throat> Jay and Eric. Uh, how crazy it was. How it was like, you know, actually being, being in a concert <clears throat> or something, on a concert tour, where they got mobbed. They legit literally got mobbed. They didn't have any stanchions or anything for these guys. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, and then, you know, for me to I'm I am actively still trying to get all of their autographs on the slam and salmon. But um Eric Stolhansky, who is from Minnesota, uh, did um they did a screening at the uh, cinema grill we have here which is pretty fun, where uh, Stefan and I got to meet um...
1: David Arquette.
2: Thank you. Awesome. Uh Yeah. We, uh, he did a and a and then we got to watch one of his movies, and they have my favorite dessert there, a chocolate chimichanga, and it is the best thing ever. But... Um... I went there by myself to see Eric Stolhansky and he did a Q&A, and then we watched one of the movies, and I wound up sitting next to his wife. And, you know, I talked to him later on, and he was one of the nicest guys, and it just – they're so amazing and so nice and not full of themselves, and they're just – they're just basic guys, you know? It's just – it's so great. And That's- I just – I, I just have to uh, track down Jay to get him to sign it. And I will have them all. <laughs>
3: awesome.
0: I still to this day love that, you know, they're, they're out of the, you know, they're out, out to the races movie, Super Troopers. You know, the big one that got the big theatrical release. The trailer they did for that. They made it look like, like a hard cop movie. Yeah, the original one, and like showed like winner of the Palme D'Or at Sundance, you know, because it did it won all these awards and everything, yeah. and then mm-hmm. and then they cut to the guy do, Jay uh, doing the meow thing, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> wait for this damn movie.
2: Okay, um, so real quick, I don't know how this happened, but I wound up watching the meow scene in Spanish.
0: Oh Jesus!
2: And it just made it so much funnier, and I don't know if this was just at a point in my life. Um, and I'm not saying that Spanish, the Spanish language, is funny. Just and we went through and we tried it in different languages, and it just in Spanish was so the the inflection, funny.
0: the inflection and in humor, Ro- romance languages with comedy and inflection make it funnier. They yeah. really do. French yeah. and Spanish, holy shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just, oh my gosh I, oh, it was so flipping funny, like, I just, I love it Every once in a while I'll pull that out But, yeah, I Oh my word
0: Before we get into the Social media battle polls How do we all swing on these movies We know that waiting just isn't for Jess Which which happens um, mm-hmm. Stefan,
1: what about you? I mean, slamming Salmon Is great, and I think I like it even more now that we talked about it, um, waiting for me is just slightly better. It's not. It's not a funnier. It probably is, isn't even as funny as Slam and Salmon. I'll say that. But waiting to me just has. It's. It's a little bit better written. Yeah. Okay. It's more. It's more, uh, it's more relatable and it feels more real to me.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And this is a really hard one for me. Um, because I had never seen the Slammin' Salmon, but I have a humongous soft spot for a Broken Lizard. They, you know, um, it, I I just love them. Um, and you know, if it was about what's funnier, Slammin' Salmon is is the you know and Salmon. It, it, I I don't think there's a moment in it where I wasn't laughing. Um, yeah, it's it's just really really funny. And again, it's laughing just 'cause they they're trying to make you laugh. I like movies where. It seems like you're watching someone live, trying to run around and find a way to make you laugh more. Waiting though, I I saw at a time when I was working in in retail, you know, and, and working jobs like this and waiting, you know, we all at Blockbuster the way that we'd sell it to people is, you know, we'd say this is clerks for the food service industry, and there's just something where like the guy who made um. Oh, what's it called? Super bad made adventure land really shortly after super bad. And the two movies couldn't be any different in terms of what type of humor they were, but both have a through line. There's like a heart to them. That's really like a heart and a nostalgia and like Mm -hmm. under all the dick and fart jokes, you know, super bad is actually a good story about, you know, a couple of kids coming of age. It just has a few too many dick and fart jokes. And then adventure (laughs) land is, you know, a hard drama. That's also kind of funny. Um, like a lost in translation kind of thing. I look at these two movies the same way. Wait, waiting is a very low brow film, but it's story arc. The story arc involving Justin Long is, is kind of important. And a lot of us have been through that. And so I very slightly lean towards waiting just because of what it's always meant to me, but watching them back to back, we couldn't have found a better pair of films to watch side by side because they're just oh, yeah. so goddamn they, they're so relatable and i think i hate to use the term elevate but i think the discussion really elevates both of them you know what i mean like a yeah. lot for me so how how the social media battle polls do then jess
2: sorry i was just stuck looking at the uh broken lizard website and they have <laughs> i was looking at the merch and they have a leader a cola shirt i'm like what? oh I need that. No. yes and they have like a coconut bill shirt. And, oh my gosh. It's awesome. Um, but anyway, going Do to. Do we have Lidera Cola? <laughs> <laughs> Don't spit in this cop's burger. <laughs> Does that <laughs> taste like spit to you? Yep. <laughs> 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 Um, so, anyway, going to our Twitter poll for Fighting Films podcast, which is up every Monday, um, unfortunately, waiting dominated the Slam and Salmon 63.6% over 36.4%. And I really have to chalk that up
0: to just less people have seen it or heard of it. It has to be. definitely. It has to be. I think it would be way closer. I, I think it's a dead heat for these two movies personally, but mm-hmm. I think it should be way closer because I think it's the same crowd. I think if, you, if people liked waiting, they're going to like this movie. Yeah. You know, especially if they like waiting for the for the dick and fart jokes, you know,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Broken
0: I... Lizard's got him
2: in spades. Oh, yeah. I just uh, – I don't know. I just feel like The Slammin' Salmon was more of a complete movie, and I did vote for it. So happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Michael, and Michael Clark Duncan,
0: I would watch three more movies with that character.
3: Mm-hmm. He, oh, yeah.
0: He should just be completely one-note and awful, and instead he's like – he's still got the Michael Clark Duncan smile where you just go – he's saying terrible things, and I just want to hug
3: him. Right, yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
2: um, and we did have a couple of uh responses, you know, um, janky old broke hobo Spider Man.
0: Oh, janky old broke hobo, yeah, I love that guy, he's awesome.
2: Yeah, he did say, uh, waiting is barely a movie, instead, it's a near perfect replication of the industry experience as it, as it used to be. Gotta go with waiting, and uh, mm. Dr. Kyle Stark, oh, yeah. Said, uh, genuinely tough call. I love Slam and Salmon, but pretty sure I haven't seen waiting since before I worked in food service, so it may hit differently upon a second viewing. And he did not follow up to that. So,
3: to mm.
2: yeah, uh, Chris did respond. Uh, Mr. Chippa responded to uh, Janky saying how uh, technically waiting exists in the Super Troopers universe. Mm -hmm. You're talking about shenanigans, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Place with all the shit on the walls.
0: We threw (laughs) powdered sugar all over me. Is this powdered sugar? Yeah, yeah, sorry. We had to... The the lice hate it. It's delicious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's how it worked out. And I... It it truly saddens me that more people have not seen this lamb and salmon, but hopefully with, you know, as people like our show, more people will check it out because it's a really great movie.
0: I hope <laughs> yeah. that points people to it because, uh, you know, Broken Lizard, I, I, I want to see, the, do they do like live shows? I would love to, I mean, you know, in a non-pandemic world. I would love um, to see them just, like, who's lying it on a stage for, like, an hour.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they do some live shows. They uh, they actually have one they filmed in 2010. I saw um, that. I don't have the name of it offhand. Um, but, yeah, just... Uh, just overall i believe they'd be you know a really fun bunch and as i said you know they're really super nice guys like even you know getting mobbed at a brewery they were still super nice um actually my picture with steve lemmy cuz i took a picture with all of them and then i took a picture with steve cuz he's my favorite um but he uh it it looks like a couples picture it's actually kind of funny
0: yeah it's awesome i love that guy <laughs> He's and he's then, got he's got some of my favorite lines in all the movies.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, I loved his character in Beerfest. He's so funny. The the thing the frog scientist guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just oh my god, their movies are great. And Eric Stolhansky was so nice and his wife was so nice and like they just they're a great bunch of people and I, you know, will will promote them as much as I can because they do fantastic. I um, love
0: it. I love it. So um we we talked the, the Patreon tiers in detail earlier on, but Jess, do you wanna let people know at least where they can find us?
2: Absolutely. So you can if you feel like uh you know talking to me a little closer on or you have maybe an idea for a movie or something like that um, or just feel like saying hi you can uh, message me at fightingfilmspod at gmail.com we are on facebook at fightingfilmspod we're on twitter at um, if you want to use the at symbol it's films fighting but we go by Fighting Films Podcast. we are on patreon as fighting Films pod or podcast um, because my page does not want to come up um, but yes we do have our three tiers right now and we do have our wonderful lovely patrons Karen and Brent thank you so much we love you we love Lo- you so much no. <laughs> And, uh, oh, we are on Instagram as well, where I share photos, you know, maybe it's, I snapped a picture while we're recording. Maybe, you know, I'm going to post pictures of, you know, when I met the guys from Broken Lizard, you know, or, you know, if I get some new DVDs in and you might want a little hint of something coming up, um, that's, that's where I post them and that's Fighting Films Pod as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's that's how you get a hold of us or me more specifically. But if you want me to pass something on to Chris or Stefan, I can absolutely do that. And that's how you find us.
0: Or you can just go outside your house and scream into the void and maybe we'll
1: answer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, your things have happened. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, Thank all of you for listening. This was a fantastic episode. This has been Stefan.
2: And this is Jess. And this has been
0: Chris. Until next time, keep those films fighting. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.